Welcome to Sporting Cast, the podcast about the faces you know, but the names you may not. A series where we're going to follow character actors initially and then maybe move on to DOPs, composers, and go through the careers of some unsung heroes of Hollywood that just never have been in the spotlight. Crushed it. That was great. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, you know, I've, uh, I've been in a podcast before. <laughs> I've done exactly one podcast I've done exactly before. one podcast before. I'm much less sweaty than last time, which is nice. Yeah, it's good. We're not in a basement <laughs> at your mum's house. Uh, just, just in like Losing mold kind of surrounding us. We yeah. should probably introduce ourselves. Yeah, I'll start. My name's the Gabigri. I I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm like, the, yeah, okay. I'm an actor, writer, director. Can I do that? Yeah, I, sure, I can't sure. do that. I should change. You're just that. telling the truth. That's of, true. That is my. This is just this, your life. That is just my life. Don't be ashamed of your life. Um, and You've been paid for all three of those. Uh, two out of three of those. Uh, two out of three. And of don't those say things. which ones. I won't say. We'll just have to guess. I'll them. never tell. We'll never know. <laughs> and with us, with me, is. Uh, hey, I'm Charlie. I am a person who enjoys watching films, movies, and supporting casts. Yeah, and podcasts. Hello. I have my own podcast called Gateway to Anime. If you are watching this podcast, um, you might be confused that we're not talking about anime considering we're surrounded by <laughs> we literal so posters of them. But I'm sorry, us. today we're not going to be touching on anime. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll I would love to do, yeah. A like crossover a, yeah. between the two. Or like just talk about like some artists on Perfect Blue or like- I thought we were doing Jujutsu Kaisen today. Oh, really? That's all. All of your notes are on Jujutsu Kaisen. All of my Kaisen. notes are on Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, right. Um, that's good. No, today we are talking about, and I'm Seamus Quinn. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Seamus. Oh, I'm yeah. not a writer, producer, director. Yes, you are. You well, are a writer, not, producer. I've not been paid for any of them. <laughs> you are a writer, producer. Oh uh, yeah. No, I I am a uh, writer, mainly a bartender at the moment, former actor. I would be an actor again. I don't know. Cast me. Uh, you need a you need a cop to tell you you're speeding. I, I kind of look like a cop. And today, Seamus, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> oh, today we're talking about Beth Grant. Beth Grant, one of the jewels of Hollywood, one of the kind of best kind of supporting actors uh, you've ever seen. Uh, if you don't know who Beth Grant is, her filmography extends from like the late '80s to now. She's in well over 160 different roles. The lady works the lady works and has i as far as i've seen and beth grant is one of those people that you definitely do not necessarily well, definitely you don't necessarily know the name of but as soon as you see her face and i've tested this with so many people they go oh and then almost <laughs> you're walking down the street being like yeah, no. look at this who is this have you seen this lady <laughs> i'm looking for her <laughs> no but every uh, my favorite thing about beth grant is you show her to a new person and almost everyone has a different movie that they know her from. absolutely that is so true it's- and she also has like a lot of films have i won't say them now because we'll say them later but she has iconic lines in most of these films mm-hmm. so she's not mm-hmm. never the lead or maybe she's leading something. I haven't seen it, but she probably is a lead in something along the way. But not yeah, the I did some research lead. and like she's in like very small films and she's like had a chance to like kind of do that, but she'll never, be, very, very rarely. She'll be top three in some, but yeah. I haven't seen anything where she's first billed. Yeah. And we spent a long time sort of tossing around various names that we wanted to do for this podcast. I've got a list of like 120 different people that I really, really want to do. Uh, the, the, like our cup runneth over, like you could literally do this forever, which is very exciting but we did eventually land on beth just because yeah. i think we just looked at her list and we picked out and i guess we'll say it now the films that we're going to be uh covering for this beth grant i suppose you'd call it mini series yeah it's a mini series well, let me take it can we take a step back and just kind of talk about the genesis of this 
podcast, yeah. uh, which is, Charlie, you've been doing your uh, quite successful podcast, Gateway to Anime, <laughs> and then uh, and you have this wonderful uh, kind of studio in <laughs> your brother Sam's house. Lincoln, how many characters could you name on this? <laughs> well, on this, on this literally, uh, that's, that's my neighbour Totoro. Um, that's the guy from Akira. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Uh, Naruto. I know Naruto. Good on you. He's the Naruto guy. He does ninja. Do you want to come on our podcast? Sounds like, <laughs> yeah, sounds sounds like, like a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. Do you want to guess before Seamus does? <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be really funny. We'll make, we'll make Seamus' head explode. I spent a full day as Lincoln was driving me around explaining the plot and lore of Naruto And to Boruto. And Boruto. <laughs> yeah. Even though I haven't watched past, I haven't watched, I've watched less than half of Naruto, but I went through a real, sp- we fully <laughs> turned into an anime podcast immediately. This was my entire plan. Though. I was like, lure these people in here so I can literally, it's like a gorilla gateway to anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, by yeah, the yeah. end of this, this podcast, is- you will be a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, Sounds good. Uh, so I'm going to be locked in a room watching uh, Full Naruto. Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, no, you have, a, let me go back. <laughs> Stop it. Full okay. Metal Alchemist. Okay, we don't need to. Full I'm, Metal no, Alchemist. I'm, no, stop, stop. <laughs> Not allowed. I am banned this is from my saying- podcast and we do movies here. <laughs> I'm banned from talking about anime today. I'm also banned from referencing The Simpsons. I'm going to do it twice in this podcast. Who banned you from ref- uh, referencing The Simpsons? Because is what we're going to a- talk about, I can't help but say that t- I'm not going to spoil what we're going to talk about yet. Lincoln, talk about this yet F and then we'll Grant. talk about it. Yeah, but what movie we're going to be talking about. Oh, yeah. About. yeah. Um, okay, let me go back. Um, <laughs> Charlie has a, 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 a successful podcast, Gateway to Anime, and then I got the message that I've been waiting for for my entire life, which is Charlie messaged me saying, hey, do you want to do a podcast about movies? And like the heavens opened. I was waiting. I've been waiting forever for someone to ask me that um, because I love talking about movies. I specifically love talking about movies with you two. Um, and I've had this idea in my head for a very long time of talking about uh, supporting actors and um like other composers and uh, costume designers and DOPs and all of that stuff and kind of tracking these people over kind of the span of Hollywood and not just Hollywood, all of world cinema. Um, and I think I would really like to do quite a few Australian kind of things because we're Australian and I'd like to kind of focus, have a, have a little bit of a focus on that. So this was kind of a, a really good excuse and I was very, <laughs> the happiest I've ever been when you sent me that message. Um, so <laughs> makes it all worth it, you know, just to hear that. That's just all we a need. Little like, baby boy. Um, I don't care for films. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we you hate them. The idea is we're going to do one movie a week where we talk about the whole movie as a whole, but specifically kind of focusing in on this supporting actor's kind of role, their purpose in the the film, and how it kind of adds to it, and how you know movies are made by a lot of people, and I think that's kind of a big part of what I want to highlight of like everyone's special. And then you can see, you can track, you know, Beth Grant's work throughout Hollywood and like see different generations, huge directors and how, you know, one person can kind of like Forrest Gump style end up, (laughs) (laughs) uh, end up in these kind of enormous movies. And I think that's really exciting. What I find funny about what we're saying with, um, we're sort of vaguely doing it chronologically, but we're picking like, Films that we really want to talk about. So obviously she's in so many titles. So we could yeah. we could have we could have picked any of them. They would have been great. And I was I said we should do eight films. Like every <laughs> miniseries should be eight 
films because I think that's like enough to kind of get a breadth of a career. And I was um, shot with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I, could, I could talk about Beth Grant for eight films easily. Like you look at her. So let's do it. No. Why stop ourselves? No. Why limit ourselves? Because we want to talk about more than just Beth, Beth Grant. Maybe somewhere down the line, what it's Beth Grant. You know what's going to happen? We're going to be talking about Jamon Honsu in like a year's time. And then we'll be, and guess who's there? It's our Beth our lady. Beth. It's our girl Beth. Our Beth lady. <laughs> our Beth. Don't take Beth for granted. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was that was Shavis's yeah, line. I, have, I hey, snuck in there and stole it. You don't have to. You don't um, have to apologize. So today, sorry, you were you gonna you were gonna do it. I was gonna say, um, she's been in several films that have won Oscars. It's I do um, have a I, yeah. Yeah. But um this is not one of them. Really? But <laughs> robbed, I would say. Absolutely robbed. I believe oh wait, did this win an Oscar? No. I know it got a nom. What? Yeah, this got a nom, I believe, for screenplay. Really? No. Yeah, Wait, it, it, what? It, it definitely got a nom. Uh, it got an Academy Award for Best Sound Mixing. Sound okay, Mixing. Play. Okay, there is a Hang huge... on, well, this is part of the purpose. You guys keep talking. I'm going to find out who Sorry, there the is Sorry, there is a huge... Uh, <laughs> Maybe we just sound about this. If there is a huge difference between best screenplay and best sound design, like throwing it out there, but considering this is an action film, hint to anyone playing along here, Beth Grant stands. Um... This is an action film. This is an action film. Also, and it will be written on the title of the podcast. Nope. No. no, no. <laughs> oh, wait, we're not doing that? <laughs> no, no, we have, we, we simply so must do that. So, of course, we're talking about the classic film, Speed. Jan de Bont, Speed. Speed. The bus that couldn't <laughs> slow down. <laughs> the bus that simply couldn't slow down. How did I not realise that's what the Simpsons reference was? Yes. But oh, how is about- that a Simpsons reference? Oh, that was that was your one of your two allocated yeah, Simpsons references one, that you're allowed. <laughs> Before we get into... Uh, speed proper. Why don't we talk a little bit about Beth Grant? You're completely correct. Let's talk about Absolutely. Beth Grant. Absolutely. Sorry, De- uh, sorry. Let's just shout him out. There's so many people that were on sound, but Dean Bevel appears to be the chief sound guy. Mm. Dean Bevel. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Yes. I love that I was so wrong in my intro. I was like, this one's not one, but it actually was secretly nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Not Absolutely. so secretly, publicly. Yeah, very, it was very, they're very for famous. The Academy the Award. Also, <laughs> Academy Award for Best Film Editing. Hey, look, nom? I will- Nom, nom, both, both noms. It's okay. beautifully edited. Look, it's so well edited. Let's start with Beth and then we'll come back. Let's that. start with Beth. Let's uh, start with Beth. Uh, Beth Grant, of course, born in- Oh God, no, I don't have my stuff up. You I was said looking you up. were getting- No, you're right. I did everything else. Yes, you're so right. <laughs> hang on, hang I on. know she was born- she Grant was-, was born on September 18, 1949 in Gadsden, Alabama. Um, do you want more? She grew no, up in Wilmington, it. North Carolina. She moved around a lot as a kid. This she, is your stuff. She, Beth Grant moved around a lot as a kid. Her father was a poultry scientist and poultry salesman, and her mother worked for North Carolina uh, Employment Security Commission. She had an imaginary friend as a child who was run over by a truck. Oh, my God. It's Not a, a bus. Unfortunate, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. One of us. Uh, she apparently- <laughs> One of us? <laughs> uh, she, she had an imaginary friend that was run over by a, tr- uh, by a truck, and she her parents came, uh, found her crying <laughs> when, uh, one day, because she was like, my imaginary friend's been run over a tr- uh, by a truck. Apparently, it was a moving van, and it was because there was a boy who moved in across the street. And like, psychologically, that's why? That's why, because right. she was like, I need to replace my imaginary friend- with this boy across the street. So she Beth. killed off her own imaginary friend. Beth. It's so weird. And it's like the first thing I've I found about her childhood. <laughs> and I was like, this is fantastic. But yeah, she uh, described herself as a tomboy who liked to dress up as Marilyn Monroe. 
Um, <laughs> Famously a tomboy. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing that she said. She was like, I was a real tomboy, but I also really wanted to be feminine, which is this interesting thing that goes on throughout her early career because she went to um, university to study a Bachelor of Arts in acting. And after her first year uh, at acting school, she got pulled aside by the teacher. And the teacher said, you're not a natural, but you work really hard and that will eventually pay off but you probably won't get work until your mid-30s. Yeah, wow. And that kind of like made her spiral because she always wanted to be a leading woman like Marilyn Monroe, but it didn't slow her down at all. She moved to New York after that to start a theatre company with her friends. The biggest apple. The city that never sleeps. The city that can barely get a- Get up. (laughs) Get a wink. (laughs) (laughs) Where she started a theatre company with her friends. She worked in a lot of off, off off-Broadway stuff for a long time. Yeah, I I was seeing something that very early on she did a a play where she played an Appalachian woman. An Appalachian snake handler, in fact, was her first role. Which is sick and also so in line with the rest of her career. Like, it is so interesting, even just her talking about her early roles, where it's just like, Oh, you always got this. Yeah, like she's like You're the, always that person. Yeah, she she's been playing like the mother in film in plays since she was twenty two. Since she was twenty two, <laughs> yeah. fully. It's like I don't believe she played the mother. She did play the daughter in the Appalachian Snake Handler thing, but then she went on to be in a parody of the book Sid Arthur, where she played an old can woman. Right, <laughs> where she just pushed around an a old trolley. can woman. Yeah, she pushed around a trolley full of food, and her only line was food, food. <laughs> Well, hang on. We got to find some video. I can't, that, there, that there is no video. Good. There is no copy of the Shameless. play as far find as I could it. find. Because I did read that. I was like, that's so strange. But we love Beth. Um, it's, it's a thing that like uh, when you are going through her career and looking at her credits, it is always Mrs. Davis. Yeah. Mrs. Uh, Harden. Uh, the, uh, the angry old lady. Mother yeah. of mother, Terry. Mother like, in house. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so she worked in New York for a long time before one of her friends, uh, Larry Pierce, gave her her first role in an independent film called Two Minute Warning. This was when she was like about 24. So she moved to- A feature uh, film, Two Minute Warning? A uh, feature film, Two feature Minute film. Warning. Uh, and then she moved to Los Angeles with a lot of her friends from theater to try and pursue acting there after getting this role. All of her scenes were later cut out. After that, she sort of- Two minute warning, a crazed sniper is set to kill spectators at an LA Coliseum football championship game and the police race against time to eliminate. That sounds good. It sounds good. sick. Somewhat Unfortun- similar to something that we are about to talk about, which is speed. Yeah, you know, kind of. against this. Yeah, it's in I'm LA. I'm actually seeing a lot, of, um, a lot of similarities between the plot of speed and Beth Grant's career. Real so life. Far, like her real life. <laughs> she could not slow down. <laughs> she can't slow down. She's off to the races. She cannot slow down. Yeah. Um, she'll blow up. But yes, she had all of her scenes cut out of this uh, film, continued to try to do theatre in LA for a while before kind of dropping out acting for a, a while. She went on to do a lot of producing. Uh, she produced a documentary about aging for the American Health Organization. Oh, okay. And then she became this, and then she became the celebrity coordinator for the Jimmy uh, for Jimmy Carter. Oh, oh wow! Wait, so celebrity coordinator. So you know how so she would like candid- yeah, presidential candidates will have a lot of celebrities who endorse them, and she was the person who like 
Oh, one, she's rang like, them up and asked them to endorse Jimmy yeah. Carter. Mm. And then, like... Who's alive in 1976? Uh, uh, Gene Hackman. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like w- that. Would you like to go on national television and talk about Jimmy Carter? Yeah, and, like, she apparently, like, also did a lot of the Gene catering Gene Hackman for was it. your first thought for who was alive in 1970. He's, he's alive in 1970. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> he is, you're not wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Famous celebrities alive in 1970, It feels like he's a big guy. I feel like he's a big guy in the 70s. French Connection? Uh, Superman? Sure. Look, big guy. I got you. Big but guy. I feel like big there's guy. other celebrities who could have. You know, I, I love that about you. You, you, you just you, know, you love Jane Hackman. You see thing. I do love Jane. You're Hackman. a Jane guy. She eventually came back to acting in her mid thirties, re-rolling in acting classes and returning to independent theatre in L.A. And she finally landed her first film role that she was not cut out of in a 1986 TV movie. And then the following year, she had a supporting role in the film Undercover. Where she played, of course. Uh, that movie is called Picnic. Picnic, yes. Uh, Beth Grant plays Irma Cronkite. Irma Just Cronkite. Really good name. Really Not Beth much. Grant What's name. Irma Cronkite with you? And then she, <laughs> she went on to play a Southern Teacher. Uh-huh. In, really? Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. <laughs> that will never come up again. <laughs> never come up again. But yeah, she plays Southern Teacher in the movie Undercover, where her first line was apparently, lose the gum, which is just a great- bet. That's her only line? It was her first line. It's one that right. she quotes. Can you give me, can you give me a- t- uh, Lose the gum. <laughs> oh, God. Seamus is, for the, for the listener at home, Seamus has been working on a Beth Grant. I've been uh, working on a Beth <laughs> Grant. Reviews are in. Need some work. <laughs> it's gonna get improve. It's gonna improve throughout it's the podcast. Improve. We got three episodes, and then finally in uh, 1987, she tells a story about going camping with her husband, where like she's right on the bubble of like breaking big, but also kind of still not making enough money to live comfortably on. And she apparently, in the middle of the night, sort of couldn't sleep, walked out of the tent, went up to the top of a hill, and in her own words, screamed to the sc- uh, stars, "Okay, okay." I'll be a character actor. (laughs) And the next day she booked her audition for Rain Man. That's so fucking good. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, so she booked her audition for Rain Man the year after. Will that work for me if I do that? (laughs) If I go into the mountains and start screaming, okay, I'll be a character actor because I'll do it. I think I think you should give it a shot. All right, let's see if there's some Faustian bargain you can make to have uh, a Beth Grant like career. God, I would do it. It would be so good. But yeah, she booked Rain Man the year after Rain Man came out. She appeared in six movies Hell as yeah. supporting cast That's or right. also like or co-starring. Yeah, and that kind of blew up her career. She has appeared in three movies to win best film, best uh, picture, uh, best picture at the cool. Oscars. Yeah, wow, that is. A short list. As far as I can find, there are only four people who have beaten her okay. in terms of appearing. Here we go. Uh, well, first, can you name those uh, three films that won Best Picture? Okay, No Country for Old Men. Correct. Um, Rain Man. Correct. Yeah. And big number three. Shin- Titanic. No. This one is this one. It's not Southland Tales. Not Southland Tales. Sadly, <laughs> although, it's not Speed. Although that did apparently get nominated. It's not Speed. Can you give us a hint? Give us an actor. Uh, I will give you a hint in the sense that this movie was was this one of the games that you were going to save for the end? I That's did. Fine. I never said save for the end. Oh, okay. We're just doing it games. throughout. People like games. Yeah, we love we to play games. games. Uh, and someone's the- shouting at their podcaster, their Sony Walkman right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're, we're releasing this on tape? Yeah, that's no, on disc, on like the, on the CDs. We're releasing it on CDs. Oh, that would be a discman. A Walkman is on tape. We're oh, going yeah. to have okay. to All really- right, okay. Yeah, thank God for the fact checking happening in this podcast. Right <laughs> yeah, that's now. really important. I have no idea if anything I said about her career is true, but I'm 100% on the discman <laughs> thing. Number three uh-huh. is a movie that was like a huge Oscar movie that is- 
Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> As it was. Forgotten. It's a huge Oscar movie that Can you tell won me Best Picture. the lead actor of that film? No, because I don't remember his name. Okay. I believe John Goodman is in this movie. Argo. Argo, fuck yourself? It is not Argo, fuck yourself. Also, Ben Affleck's. Yeah, I guess Argo. you would remember the name. Uh, this movie was a big deal for the year it came out and then hugely forgotten. Can you give me a year? It's 2011, which is earlier than I realized. This movie has a big shtick. Is the other big clue? Give me the lead. Give me the lead. In the in the interest of time, I will sit here and distract. Jean Dajan. Oh, it's the fucking artist. artist, and it's silent. That gives her her third best picture role, putting her in the same category as Morgan Freeman. Oh, that, and Jack that's what Nicholson. I wanted to try and guess. Well, the thing guess. is, I would play that game, except I looked them up. They are the only people that have beaten her are like early early stars. They're mm. all black and white films. Mm. I'm not going to waste our time. Okay. All right, no, that, that would go. That will- Best Flowers, Franklin Farnham, and Robert Carnes have all uh, gotten more okay. than four. Uh, those are names that exactly. I'm not And Beth Grant, technically, uh, was in Rango, which also won Best Animated Feature that year. But that's not Best Picture. But I'm just saying, yeah. in terms of Oscar performances, you could kind of put her ahead of Jack Nicholson by that category. Yeah. She's nowhere near on noms, but she is there on uh, Best Pictures, which just is such a testament to how broad her career is. Yeah. It's insane. It's an insanely... Fantastic career. And what I love about hearing about this backstory, and this is like why we are doing this podcast, because we all, uh, I don't know, a bit of backstory about our history. We all went to drama school together. We did. So we've all kind of been through a grind of like, you know, to various degrees of trying to make an acting career happen. I gave up long before I tried. Beth is a hero as far as I'm concerned. Like that, that's something that's, that shit's hard. She did well. Mm. Good job, Beth. You know, when, whenever we hear about actors, it's always some kind of like, and then I was discovered immediately landed this thing. It was easy yeah. for me because I got this straight out of drama school. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But then this is actually way more common, yeah. which is that people have gone, they've hustled, they've worked hard. They'd have to kind of accept that They might not have the career that they always wanted to have in their head. Then have come away with one of the most like actually incredible mm. CVs Iconic I've careers. ever heard in my life. Like when like, we, when we were reading her list, it was like, we could do, as we said, we could do eight films. We're not doing eight films again. We could we're do fifteen. Um, but uh, we, I think that this is why we do it because it's just so kind of fun to to talk about her. And I also think her performances and things. She's very versatile, but also at the same time, she sort of brings a level of reality to everything that she does, particularly in speed. And we'll yeah. talk about that. It's very interesting her talking about the sense in which she has kind of been typecast. She talks about how she's cast often as like these very conservative characters mm. that often like have an underlying sinisterness yeah. to her mm. to them one she is quite religious and her husband kind of says makes fun of her for that not for being religious but she's like why am i always getting cast as a religious character oh, wow that I, holy it's sh- getting better. holy shit is beth here with us today <laughs> my daddy was always looking for a brighter sunshine <laughs> that's incredible oh uh, my god thank you thank you uh but yeah she's no, no, like do the rest of the podcast <laughs> in uh, the voice we're gonna do this no because uh, <laughs> you can open that door, but you can't close it again, huh? It's just a southern lady. It's not very specific. What is she? <laughs> I'm just saying there's no specific uh, tick that you're going. She talks. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> she, uh, time she talk- code to Seamus telling me to shut the fuck up. Uh, not long. She talks about how, like, she struggled with not being traditionally beautiful. And, like, she even just, like, describes herself as, like, having, in her own words, a slightly cronish face, mm. which is, I think it is such a Hollywood fallacy that if you met Brett Beth Grant, like at any age, you'd be like, this is one of the most striking women I've yeah. ever seen. She's a beautiful woman. She's beautiful. Yeah. She but also it. describes some of her characters as like looking like a Rembrandt painting. And I think there is quite a classical 
look to her yeah. face that has married her to these frontier woman kind of roles. That, and she just, like, you hear her talk, and she is so many of these characters. She is bubbly and southern and sweet. And on some level, you do have a sense that there is so, there, just there is so much going on behind her eyes that it's, it makes sense that you give this woman these uh, roles that need to imply so much more than they can have in a scene. Also, yeah. to be a character actor, I think is actually a great privilege as an actor because mm. it means you actually kind of get to act a bit. A lot of my friends who are doing work often play just variations of themselves, not through they're bad at acting, but it's kind of like to get to the point where you're allowed to play characters, it's pretty far, and like in, particularly in film as yeah. a woman, it's actually like mm. pretty pretty hard. That, that sort of, I know there's obviously different, like that might not necessarily be entirely true, but that's how kind of by my experience. So I think that she has the opportunity to act because she's fucking good at it as yeah. well. So people kind of saw her and probably went like, she's great. Mm. And now I know you can do that. So therefore I'm going to typecast you in this sort of thing. But she's typecast, but she also, ha- like I feel like her role between Donnie Darko and Speed, actually very different. Very different. And speaking of Speed, perhaps we should get to the movie. Let's turn the ignition and get this Podcast up to 50, 50 miles, miles an, an hour. hour. <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk about speed. Um, speed is a, oh, no, I didn't have this. Is it 1992? Is that right? Uh, uh, I think it's 1994. 1994. Right? It is 1994. Four movie directed by Yonder Bont, uh, a famous cinematographer. Was speed was his first go at bat, right? It was the DOP. Uh, director of photography on Die Hard. And yeah. this f- uh, film was written by a guy named Graham Yost, who took it to the studio. Another guy that I really want to do. I was, really I was interesting yeah. career. But he took the script for Speed to a studio, wanted the guy that directed Die Hard, turned it down because it was too much of Die Hard clone. It's so weird that everyone was like, oh, this is a Die it Hard It might have been. I've got some stuff that, uh, that I'll come to in a second. It might have been in its first draft more of a Die Hard well, clone. If you go broad strokes, you go hostage situation, uh, charismatic villain and those are the two and cop and, and then you go that's broad strokes is the villain charismatic in this movie <laughs> yes deeply so i would argue more we, so than getting, hans are we no, I'm joking. horny for hopper yeah. <laughs> woke up horny for hopper go to sleep horny for hopper yeah no because it's a it's also the single uh, single location thing that's probably yeah, what made I guess it such so. a diehard but it's clone. got such cuts and like anyway whatever yeah yeah it's a I, I think it's silly to reduce it to that but that's what the studios were saying yeah and so it got bounced back from the director of diehard and then dop was like I'll do it. Oh, is there? We're also getting some yarn. Oh, we're getting some yarn. <laughs> um, well, I'll I, I might come back to yarn as we kind of go through the plot of Speed and see, and if we can get some sort of commentary from 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 yarn, that would be good. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's go through. Let's go through Speed. Uh, <laughs> Shavis is going to hate me because my first note is hell yeah, the old school twentieth century Fox opening. <laughs> Uh, I love one of the greatest uh, fanfares of all time. The movie Speed starts tracking down an elevator shaft. Here's my problem with it. It's at a fairly medium pace. <laughs> it's like a slow kind of tracking shot down an elevator uh, elevator shaft. Not fast enough, Do you IMO. you know what my note was? It was longest <laughs> elevator ride ever yeah. in the opening sequence. And then I've ended with, I think we might be underground, guys. And then we were not underground. <laughs> my note was just this theme rips. Hey, look, Beth Grant. <laughs> yeah, like fifth we film. will get to it. First thing I noticed, Dennis Hopper in beautiful word art font. This... 
this title card and all of the the speed. the speed with the slight yellow like un, like undershadow of and the title kind of like it's made out of metal yeah absolutely and, and as if it's running across <laughs> like it's running away from it's you going fast um so good uh beth grant does get double build with richard lineback um <laughs> which is very good so we start speed we're in a basement there's a hapless looking guy who walks in on Do- dennis hopper doing maintenance work and he immediately gets stabbed in the neck and then dennis hopper says nothing personal and you're like, we're off, we're off to the races here. <laughs> Stabbed, not in the neck, in the ear with a screwdriver. Yeah. And I was immediately like, what a murder, what a murderer, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, and then I, my second note was, I'm going to track this guy's plan because I bet it makes no fucking sense. Oh, and boy, are you right. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to a boardroom meeting ending. The execs are all moving towards an elevator that we've just seen that Dennis Hopper was fucking with. And the great Patrick Fischler is there. Speaking of... Some of the like top tier cream of the crop guys. Patrick Fischler did a lot of work with David Lynch. Is um, he the one that gets bullied or the one that bullies? Gets bullied. Yeah, gets bullied. Figured. Yeah, the, the guy's like, come on, Brad, what button did you push? Which is a He's good like- line. <laughs> I thought about that joke in particular because the setup is a guy being like, thanks for pushing the button. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to bully him <laughs> yeah. for. And then the next line is, what button did you push? And then I had like this full spiral moment where I remembered. This script famously had an uncredited punch-up by Joss Whedon. Oh, I was going to get to it later. I'm so mad that you already knew. Sorry, because <laughs> that is a Joss Whedonism. Yes. I immediately went, that was my thing. I was like, that's a setup that doesn't make any sense because who would bully someone for pressing a button in an elevator? Yeah. But the payoff of what, what button, button did you press? press is funny enough that you forget that the setup doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so uh, immediately they all get into the elevator. The elevator blows up from Dennis Hopper's bombs. We'll talk about those. Uh, and falls but gets stopped by the brakes. Immediately the cops show up. We will also say we are largely ACAB on this podcast. This is a very pro-cop movie. Uh, maybe it is full copaganda, which we are not in support of, but the movie is still good. The cops show up. Uh, Keanu and Jeff Daniels, like uh, the first time you see them it's a car flying oh, through the air it's the best entrance it's so extreme also just because like why though it's like, like full <laughs> starsky and hutch and they're like <laughs> it's so good and then they like fucking uh, skid into a halt kiana gets out looking good holy moly <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that holy moly he looks like a snackaroo no one's ever looked better he's in his swat gear or whatever sort of gear he wants um jeff daniels i will say is also there <laughs> i think jeff daniels looks quite good i'll talk about jeff daniels later i think he's great in this movie just talking about the hottie that is keanu mm-hmm. i want to bounce back to a bond quote which is- sorry a james bond quote <laughs> That's right. bounce back to a yonder bond quote oh, oh bond yeah, i was like bond yeah bond yeah, Bond. Bond. James Bond. The Bond. Bond. Yonder Bond. Yonder. Bond. <laughs> Which is oh, the casting of uh, Keanu Reeves. He apparently cast him because he's non-threatening to men because he's not too bulky but looks good to the ladies. Which is- That's crazy. He's I fucking know. jacked in that movie. It, He's so good looking. Yeah. And just for this-, this I've, Jan's like not an- unattractive man. He's a pretty handsome guy. But for him to be like, yeah, he's not too bulky. He looks good. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not intimidated by you, Keanu. I'm not I'm intimidated like, by bro, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I guess so, like, at the time, those action heroes were more like Bruce it was, Willis. It was Arnie. Like, the Arnie Arnie's and, Bruce and the Bruce and the, like, the kind of, like, really, like, hectic, masculine, like, you know, whereas Keanu is obviously, like, beautiful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's jacked and hot as fuck. He, he should have been intimidated by Keanu as well. He should have been. Agreeing. Everyone, Every, everyone except be. Everyone, except for maybe he's some line delivery. Some, some line deliveries from Keanu. 
having a rough time. <laughs> fully There's disagree. A rough ADR yeah. on this um, film, which is interesting it. considering that um, was nominated for best picture for fu- no, sorry, sound for best sound design. design some of the ADR is is interesting. So, and, and best picture year. for its sound design. <laughs> So the hostage situation is described. Dennis Hopper explains that he wants $3.7 million. Very specific number. Never fully explained, but explained yeah. enough. I love a breakdown in a movie that's like, here's the situation. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it just does it. And it like sets up yeah. like this big puzzle uh, map. Mac, who is a wonderful character actor, plays a cop or uh, like in everything. He's just like the voice of authority. Daniels and Keanu. Uh, Keanu makes a joke of like, Daniels will go look at the bomb. And then Daniels is like, huh, we're both going. They both go to look at the bomb. Then Keanu and Daniels kind of run off. They run up the stairs. They find the hostages and the bombs on the brakes. And Keanu kind of immediately like goes into action hero mode decides to attach a crane to the elevator. Elevator blows, but is caught by the crane. The crane can't hold it. The people in the elevator start to scream and go crazy and they fall jerkily as the crane busts through the building. An incredible sequence. It's kind of this like just classic good good times at the movies. <laughs> it's like just a perfect action sequence. Yeah. Except for the one thing that I watched, I, I thought immediately when I saw this sequence was that cable's too thin to hold an elevator. And I was wrong because the crane is too weak, yeah. which was a weird twist on the moment. Great twist. It's a good, it's yeah. a good twist. It's like the, the rope is fine at all times. So this was added to the script after the pitch initially because the feedback from the studio was there's no way that people will sit through a movie that's just set on a bus. So he added this sequence as and well as the, a, the end sequence. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, this is uh, was inspired by uh, Jan de Bont getting getting tra- trapped in an elevator, getting trapped in an elevator on the filming of Die Hard. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Fun. Great. Okay. Wait. So Jan added it. I believe Jan was on board at that point, or Absolutely. maybe it was Graham. But I do know it was at, it was inspired. Yeah, I think it was by Jan him. because it was, he was the one at DOP on. Die hard at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they eventually they catch up to the elevator hostages. They pry open the door, get the passengers out just in time, and the elevator finally crashes to the to the floor. What you have skimmed past is the absolutely bananas line from uh, Dennis Hopper when he realizes that Keanu is trying to throw a wrench oh. in his plan. Uh huh. What does he say? Don't fuck with daddy. Don't fuck with daddy. <laughs> it's the best. It came Don't out, fuck with daddy. It came so out of nowhere for me. I also love. <laughs> I have it underlined in my mind. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, don't fuck, don't fuck with daddy. Well, he's right. Mm, you don't fuck with daddy. You and Dennis is doing just the, just the most kind of halfway between menacing and doddery performance. Should we talk about it now? Let's talk about Dennis now. Um, I think this performance is fully insane. He is in a different movie, uh, and I I'm, don't I, know what you mean. What movie could he possibly like, be? He in could other be in than Batman. He's playing like a Riddler esque character. Yeah, that's he's so he's good. literally in. In a, in a superhero film. No and notes. I'm here for it. Yeah. It's, um, th- there's just some like stuff that he does with his eyebrows that is, uh, very, like, has never been captured on film before. There is, <laughs> there is a, there is a wildness. And I know Dennis Hopper famously wild. Yeah. Like, that's his bit. Uh, but holy smokes, I was like, this is the least grounded performance in a way that is maybe incredible of like, it's so grounded. It's like flying in the sky. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's pretty incredible. And yeah. he spends the first five minutes of this movie when you see him staring at the ceiling looking confused. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's getting like weird little things on his radio. He's patched into the cop's radio and he's just kind of like looking up, just going kind of coughing and like yeah, kind making of spluttering weird around noises. and being, yeah, and really having a tough old, time like kind of moving big at all. Old, old guy. It's acting. a bit later where he opens a 
bottle of Coke and it's the best open of a bottle of Coke it you've ever seen. And he like laughs like a maniac when he opens it. So Fuck, good. It's so good. Yeah, he's, just anyway. out. he's like clowning. It's like a whole clown yeah, performance. Is, yeah. And I feel like at that time, a lot of uh, villains in that kind of thing were more like stoic or a bit like, you know, yeah, you Russian. Put, you put him and um, Alan Rickman in the same, yeah. <laughs> in the I, same and you're like, those are two very, different, very different, different styles type. of performance. I don't, they are different styles, but they aren't, I think, that different a level. Well, there's super villains and there's like different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, Alan Rickman is doing the Alan Rickman, which is reserved, cool, calm, collected, can never be surprised. And uh, Dennis Hopper, <laughs> Dennis is Hopper a, is in a constant state of surprise. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> by his own joy and actions. Yes. He's a he's a he's a science fair volcano full of uh, firecrackers. I will say yeah. he is having the best time, mm. both the character and Dennis Hopper. Yes, he's the and character. I think. That the character and also just like, oh God, I think that the director, I'll talk about this later, I feel like they've made everyone who is watching this movie, every bystander, everyone have the best time. They're always cheering and celebrating. Everyone's having, having like, such a good time. They're having the best time. I'm kind of like, is this really fun? This, like, especially the head cop. He's always like, yeah. And he's <laughs> that, like, you've got nine lives. Yeah, like, yeah. But I'm kind of like, like, this is the worst timing. Top. Like you've got a bus full of hostages and he's literally just like dancing in the background. Uh, Howard Payne is Dennis Hopper's character's name. Howard Payne. Um, which Howard, is Payne. Howard Payne. That's that's good writing. But he kind of sets up that vibe, um, I think. Also, Dennis Hopper, sorry, this is my big thought about Dennis Hopper. He is just bombs away from The Incredibles. Like, he is just that character. You yeah. mean the French mind? Yeah. Who <laughs> has b- a bunch of bombs. The amount of bombs that Dennis uh, Hopper has in this movie. By the way, the character's movie. name is not Bombs Away. Oh, sorry. Okay. It's Bomb Voyage. <laughs> oh, perfect. It's even you better. Moron. Bomb Voyage. Yeah. People love it. Like, characters that are obsessed with bombs, like Jinx from um, Arcane. Yeah, like, people love them <laughs> to be unhinged in like mm. a kind is this of. Anime? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's not allowed. Western anime. Uh, Western anime. Oh, it's French. Fine. It's French. So after they save all the all the hostages, Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels look for the terrorist and Keanu Reeves has a hunch that he's in the building, even though he would have no reason to be in the building. No, he, this is actually a good little bit of foreshadowing. He figures it out because he sets the timer off early. Yeah, he, yeah, said, right. he says, uh, bitch is early is actually the quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, hang on, let me just check. Bitch I've got, is I early it. or bitches early? No, bitch is early. Like the yeah. bitch, the bitch is early. Yeah, like Keanu, hit Keanu early. Reeves is, is yeah. the bitch. I, he's I, like, I'm not saying that. Oh no, no, Keanu I'm, Reeves no, is talking about. Oh, yeah, right about because the bombs I would also go never say that about Dennis Hopper because Dennis Hopper realizes that they're trying to thwart his plans, and Keanu's right. like, "Why would why it go off early? early unless he knew where we were?" Wonderful. And then he figures out that he's in a service elevator, which just means the cops did the laziest, laziest job. Why would you not check? That is, it's like all the other elevators are ground. The other line was, he'll want to stay mobile. And then Keanu Reeves goes, must be in an elevator. <laughs> you wouldn't want a, like a car or like a an elevator is such a bad plan. Such a bad plan. <laughs> like was you it, are in a contained box that can only move in one direction. Was it just me or was it like they, Jeff Daniels and Keanu Reeves were by themselves for a long time. And yeah. they, I was like, what are the rest of the SWAT team doing out. at this point? <laughs> and they kind of yeah. get there eventually. They I know do they're get like, there eventually. But yeah, it takes, they, takes ages. They have a full, they I guess they're clearing, they're like, Clearing the building. They're yeah. on ground level pr- trying to stop the uh, uh, Dennis Hopper potentially getting away, but that's later. Like, that's after he- yeah. Keanu has gone in. Yeah, the cops do just be hanging around a lot in this movie. So Keanu or Reeves- depending on what, what's happening. Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels uh, find the elevator, the, the service elevator that Dennis Hopper is in. Uh, Jeff Daniels jumps in, immediately becomes a hostage situation with <laughs> Jeff Daniels. They've had the conversation, the, we, the, the running theme of pop quiz hotshot. Uh, and he says, what do you do? You shoot the hostage. Uh, so, and this is where I was like, 
many bombs does this guy have? Because Dennis Hopper immediately is like, I've got another bomb on me, strapped to me, starts dragging Jeff Daniels away. Keanu Reeves shoots the hostage, shoots Jeff Daniels in the leg. Uh, then Daniels drops. For some reason, that means that Dennis Hopper can't explode Donna, the bomb. Dennis Hopper just slowly watches Jeff Daniels fall down next to him. And <laughs> his confusion is, he, he, it seems to be the the tactic of shooting the hostages, you'll baffle your enemy. <laughs> but also, like, he's heard the conversation previously. Like, he was listening to them because he was on the frequency. So he heard the pop quiz hotshot. He must have because he says pop quiz hotshot. Yeah. yeah. So Several times. he knew that's what they were going to do. Mm. Then they do it and it happens very slowly. <laughs> and Jeff Daniels just kind of slowly falls to the floor. And um, now, like, Dennis Hopper is still holding the bomb. Because like, he, if he doesn't the idea want to die, to, though. He wants to fake his death. So if he detonated that bomb there, he would die as well. But then what is the hostage situation? Don't Nothing. <laughs> Literally no clue. They just, because they would have shot him if he didn't. He was, like, trying to, I think, just, I know. Yeah, why, why don't you just, yeah, anyway. Look, if you I can shoot you. Jeff Daniels in the leg, you can probably shoot Dennis Hopper in the head at that yeah. point. And even, <laughs> like, as if he well, you can't, you, yeah, you can't shoot him in the head because, because he'll he's drop the, the his, yeah. so you can't shoot Dennis Hopper. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Hopper one. escapes and then. <laughs> Dennis Hopper looks down at him, turns to Keanu, laughs, walks out the door slowly. The door then blows up. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the greatest and, exits so, in cinema. And what must, I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen Speed, but Dennis Hopper, even after that explosion, is still alive. But Dennis Hopper must have like taken off the bomb suit thrown it at them, and then released I think it. he rigged the door. I think the implication is that he rigged the door. No, I didn't. He had another bomb? Yeah. No, he didn't. He put the... Look, I'm sorry. There's, there's a lot of um bomb, like, vest uh, concern I have, particularly at the end of the film, where I'm like, and they're not worried about this bomb vest lying Crazy, next to them. crazy. During this trade crash. So I'll tell you something, <laughs> but I'm just like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I'd love to track the bombs in the film. There That'd are a lot good. of inconsistent bombs. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think he rigged the door up. I reckon right. he threw. The yeah, I do. Like, he has to take it. I think that's more fun for him to take it off and just be like, uh oh. That makes, that more, makes sense. more sense. I um, assumed the door must have been rigged because of the way point. the door explodes. And of course, after that, Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels win medals <laughs> for some sort of, for absolutely being like uh, the worst justice that has ever been wrought. But they saved the hostages, uh, I said, for cop excellence. Dennis Hopper, of course, not dead. Uh, he's watching the news where they're playing the police winning medals on the news. <laughs> I feel like uh, that's not as weird in 1994 yeah, as it I would guess. be now. Drinking uh, what appears to be a glass Coca-Cola, which I just think is a great choice. Yeah. Uh, and seems like, you know, yeah, it would traditionally be a beer, but he's like, no, I have to. I have to. I, sh- I have to be sober. I have to yeah. make some bombs. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got to make these Russian bombs. We cut to the next day. Uh, Keanu goes to his favorite coffee shop and orders a coffee and multiple muffins. And I want to talk about this because <laughs> there's no judgment, but I feel like someone that is that svelte would have a muffin limit. And it seems like a bad character choice that he orders multiple muffins. And he goes there daily. He goes there daily. That's two muffins, if not more, a day. I wish he was like, just the regular, just the usual, please. But um, we can assume that's his usual order. Yeah. Unless he's just celebrating because he's hungover. coffee and two muffins. He's hungover. Don't forget. He is hungover. hungover. Uh, I do want to just jump back quickly. They all get drunk together at a bar. It's the classic, you're too reckless, uh, Keanu conversation. Um, but it ends with Jeffrey, uh, with Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Daniels turning around, standing up and saying, 
I'm going to go home and have some sex. Yeah. Like a man that has never had sex in his life. Yeah, I'm going to go home and have some sex. It's it really good. Worst, it is the worst line in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I'm- I like that line. <laughs> I like it. I feel like particularly the rebuttal, as you said, it's a setup where he's gonna- like, no, you're going to go home and throw up. And he's like, both sound good. Yeah. And, and I'm like, that's the Joss Whedon. That's, that's, that's a Joss Whedon. That just is a Whedonism, <laughs> almost certainly. A man that has never had sex, but will set up a joke. Um, so we're at the cafe. A bus driver friend of Keanu's walks in, calls Keanu fat now. <laughs> he does. <laughs> so One, weird. that doesn't make any sense. Like, because he's like, I saw you on the TV last night. He's from New York, this to bus driver in LA. And, mm-hmm. and Keanu's like, oh yeah, I, what did you think? And he's like, you looked fat. <laughs> like, Obvious. wild energy. Well, this, ca- this character is Keanu Reeves's. Uh, mother. <laughs> yes, yeah. Darling, you looked fat. Maybe you saw the muffins um, and it was like, that's, better so settle that's, down. That's my big yeah, theory. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So, then the bus driver friend gets into his bus, starts to drive off, and it immediately blows up. Why the fuck does that happen? <laughs> so, Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Hopper, I guess, knows that that's Keanu's favourite Cafe. Bus. He does, right? He no, it's his favorite bus. But he's he, not he ca- drove there. He's not catching a bus. He no. d- <laughs> so he knows that him it's and this bus driver. The bus. Oh. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Dennis Hopper's sure. foreshadowing? Okay. But if, if he's this like makes perfect if, the, sense if, to the, me. if the plan is <laughs> if the plan is I'm going to blow up a bus so Keanu knows I'm serious. And also so the cops know he's serious. Yeah, absolutely. An empty bus. Well, one driver. But, you yeah, know, one driver. Not- our friend. Our, our fatphobic friend. Um, don't fat shame. That's the moral of the <laughs> yeah. story. Don't, don't, don't do it. Or Dennis Hopper will get you. Um, oh, we figured out his motivation. Yeah, oh absolutely. Um, so let's let's just assume that Dennis Hopper knows that that's where Keanu will be. Not only that, he knows the bus timetables. That's fine. He also knows that Keanu and that guy, who must have had like a couple conversations in their life, they're not like... Besties. He's never been over to his house. No, I And he's a- like, you know what will really affect Keanu? I'm going to kill his bus driver best friend in a bus that's parked <laughs> just outside and then call the telephone right next to where the bus blows up. It's sick. You're missing- and then he's like, Keanu. And <laughs> Keanu's like, well, that makes sense. It doesn't. You're missing one. <laughs> You're missing a silent rule of this movie, which is also one of my favorite rules of this movie, which mm-hmm. is everyone is really good friends with their bus driver. That is, I've got- It's true. <laughs> it is best so friends. true. Everyone is best friends with their bus driver. And frankly, I wish I lived in that world. Yeah. Yeah. Also, all bus drivers have the same route every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's no changes. You just, you get on the bus and then that's, that's your bus for life. You drive the 364 and you go, you get a muffin with your best friend Keanu (laughs) and then you take the kids to school. Um, So Dennis Hopper calls a payphone. We're like, 15 minutes into this movie. Less. We haven't even got to the main I think this is the 12 this minute mark. I also just want to say, I think he was buying a muffin for Jeff Daniels. Not to like, because he's going to work. That's I started so to bug your theory. Interesting. But I think that's I don't know. Was my theory that Keanu Reeves is going to put on weight after this? So like, I don't know if there's. It just, I mean, it's not. I'm not. A lot. I've got red string attached to JFK head blowing up to two muffins in speed. But I think he was buying with Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So Dennis Hopper calls a payphone, but we don't know that he's going to Jeff Daniels' house, do he's we? Going to work. No, he's going to work. Oh, he's going to Jeff work. Daniels. He goes later. He's like, "You better not be calling him mm, sick because yes. I'm hungover." Yeah. You yeah. know what? You're so right. <laughs> yeah, I think speed is the perfect right. and movie, and that's meant to be set up. To and be can like, you explain why friend. the bus driver friend is friends? <laughs> anyway, because uh, everyone's it's a friends with bus their bus bomb. driver. It's a warning bus bomb. Totally, hundred percent. That makes sense. He's always there every day. It doesn't even matter who the guy is. He knows that that guy goes there that every day is going to be there. Of course, it makes literally no sense. <laughs> no, but it makes perfect sense. Dennis cool. Hopper calls a payphone <laughs> next to the blown up bus. Keanu answers it. 
Dennis Hopper in this scene, he's in a car and he just tears up the sides of the screen. He is going off. It's incredible. He tells Keanu Reeves about another bus he has to get on that has a bomb on it. How do we feel about the premise of the movie Speed? Excellent. <laughs> it's really good. I truly <laughs> have no notes. Yeah. What if a bus was fast? Or not so fast. You know? That's 50 miles an hour is like 70 k's, yeah, right? About 75. That's fast. It's fast. Okay. Yeah. And especially when they're like going through the city. And when none of the roads are finished. <laughs> <or tracks. laughs> none of the roads are finished. Nothing's no, finished. No roads film. finished. <laughs> uh, my initial thought on it was, oh, that's so contrived. And I was like, but I do think the the simple idea of him being like, they got to the elevator. What's faster than an elevator with more people on it? Well, that's why the movie starts with a slow tracking shot of and an then- elevator because we're only <laughs> going to get faster. Because he was like, no one can get on an elevator whilst it's moving. And then Keanu did. So he's like, I got to step it up. So he puts it on a bus. Yeah. I, I actually think it is clever in the sense of like- In a, in a lot of ways, ele- uh, buses are the elevators of the roads. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. cut two, Sandra Bullock is running late for a dang bus. God, she's, she's good at being late. Yeah, she's so good at it. She's good at being flustered. The bus driver is played by Hawthorne James, who is a big guy. We've got to touch on him at some mm-hmm, point in our mm-hmm. lives. She gets on. They're the best of friends, her and Sam. Everyone is very close friends with their bus drivers in this movie, just like real life. And everyone hates the tourist. Absolutely. So Sandy drops into a seat and like within half a second gets hit on by Alan Ruck. To be fair, shoot your shot. <laughs> Absolutely. If I, I, mean, I don't know if I do I that. I think Alan uh, Ruck looks quite beautiful in this movie. He's, uh, mm-hmm. he's got like the most piercing blue eyes. He's a handsome. Kind of he's an incredibly handsome man. Incredibly handsome. It took handsome. me two scenes to realise who he was. Oh. And I suddenly was like, it's bloody Cameron for yeah. uh, Ferris Bueller. And then I was like, and succession. I was like, wow. Yeah. I think Alan Ruck, we'll get to it later, but I think Alan Ruck destroys in this movie. I agree. I think it's kind of he probably has the, most the best chari- performance. He has the, the most character development out of all of them. Yeah. By the end, we're like, you know what? And the most gags, the most weedonisms. I love I, That's a I self-insert Joss so Whedon character. Sandy gets up from being hit on by Alan Ruck. Who does she sit next to? At. I don't know. In it's <laughs> Who is 32 it? and 32 seconds. We get our first glimpse of the amazing Beth Grant. There she is. She's in a little, uh, she's got a little kind of patterned shirt on. It's a little flowy. It looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and believe- she is immediately complaining about the traffic in LA. Yeah. Which I've heard is bad. <laughs> yeah. And Sandy, of course, replies, I love my car. I miss my car. Setting up a great joke later. So meanwhile, we're all exploding from uh, Beth Grant's appearance. Keanu Reeves is chasing down the bus in a cool Jeep thing. Love his car in this. Wish we got to see more of it. Love his cool Jeep. Beth Grant complains about the freeways in LA. Um, Sandy says she misses her car. Everyone is very chatty on this bus. Everyone's like, my experience with getting on a bus is everyone is silent and maybe one person is screaming. That's because we're all on our phones (laughs) Oh, it's the bloody phones. It's all the phones. These bloody teens on their TikToks. Used to hit on strangers aggressively on the bus. Yeah, and everything was better. Everything (laughs) Everything was was better better when you'd get on a bus and immediately start talking about all of your likes and dislikes. If this movie was made today, that would be Beth Grant's dialogue. Yeah, all these kids on their phones. No one wants to chat on the bus anymore. Exactly. Well, hang on. Okay, let's do it. Speed three. Beth Grant's back. back. (laughs) (laughs) I need to talk about, it's coming up right now. Keanu hijacks a Jaguar because his uh, Jeep crashes uh, or something. Uh, 
he there is an incredible performance from Glenn Plummer mm-hmm. as Jaguar owner. He is given nothing to do, really makes it his own. Mm-hmm. I think it's a wonderful performance. Uh, he does like a ha ha at one point while they're mm-hmm. like going really fast. And he's, he's like, you don't have to go so fast, man. Ha ha. And I'm like, that's so great. good. Um, um, also, he returns in Speed 2 Cruise Control. That is the best thing I've ever heard. Because I was like, what a waste of a character yeah. as soon as he was off screen. And so I'm assuming in Speed 2 Cruise Control, I will probably watch it. In this, there's the running gag of like, uh, Keanu breaks off the Jaguar's doors and then you see it later and it's being um, towed away mm. and then the bus hits it again. A great line in that sequence is when Keanu turns to the guy who's... Vanity license plate is Tune Man. Tune Man. Yeah. Tune Man. He's the Tune Man. So I've just called him Tune Man in my notes. Absolutely. Um, he turns to Tune Man and he goes, I'm taking your phone. And he goes, take the phone. <laughs> really, really, so really good. good. Perfect delivery. So Keanu chases down the bus. There's some hijinks. And then he gets on the bus with the Jaguar owner's phone. That phone is important just because it comes up. Keanu Reeves tries to explain the situation to everyone on the bus. One of the bus... Uh, members, bus members, that's what we call them. That does not go well. Someone's immediately like, I'm getting, this This guy broke off a Jaguar's door to hop on this bus to arrest me. Yeah. (laughs) A crazy kind of leap of logic. Which makes me wonder what this guy's crime was. Keanu forgives him for his crimes no matter what they are. Absolutely. Because you seem like you're sorry. He says that you're like, what? I had no idea what this guy's done. Yeah, Keanu's like trying to calm down. I also think it's the best actual police work he does in this entire movie. Which is to say, I'm not a cop. Yeah. (laughs) So then someone attacks him. Uh, The gun goes off. Sam's injured. We're in the movie speed. Here we go. Then we get immediately shots of the LAPD, helicopters, cop cars, as if to say, how cool is the LAPD? An organization that famously did nothing wrong. So Keanu Reeves settles everyone down and then calls Jeff Daniels. We set up kind of the rhythm of this movie, which is Jeff Daniels is at the station looking up different bomb business, uh, going through all sorts of things. And Keanu Reeves is on the bus getting into strife of various kinds. Uh, Keanu looks under the bus at the bomb and Alan Ruck translates what Keanu sa- says to Jeff Daniels over the phone. Ruck smashes this out of the park. Keanu's like, oh, fuck. And then Alan Ruck kind of stops for a second and says, oh, darn. And that performance is just wonderful. He's so good. Bus crashes off the highway and drives through the city and it hits a lady pushing a pram full of cans. <laughs> So the setup of this is we see because it's like it's like a Hitchcockian shot of like you set up the premise of what's going to happen, whereas there is these two ladies having a very normal conversation. And then the lady goes, okay, see you guys later. And then just walks this pram full of cans down in, onto the road <laughs> without looking. And then the bus runs into it. The cans go everywhere. Sandy thinks she's killed a kid, but it's just a pram full of cans. And the woman yells abuse at yeah. the bus. <laughs> and the, the woman goes, <laughs> so She's probably the most distressed any of the characters are. Yes. Of this entire, like, she's honestly, the least cool about it. She's the least cool about it. I love literally everything about that sequence. It's uh-huh, so uh-huh. good. Why, why does it happen? Because it's good. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. There it shows are, that Sandy has a heart because yeah, she's worried she's, she's killed a baby. She's <laughs> really upset. It's a low bar, but it's, 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 <laughs> some, some screenplays save the cat. Other people have someone sad that they killed a baby. And Keanu gets to say the line, it's just cans. Yeah, which is really good. It's really, really good, good performance. It's think, also, oh, sorry, yeah. just saying like a lot of the characters in this film don't really care about deaths that much, as it turns out, mm. uh, which Except we'll talk about for, in a second. Yeah. Um, they... Uh, are driving through the city. Uh, they have to take a hard right back onto an empty freeway. Great sequence where Keanu puts everyone on one side of the bus and then the bus does a little like wheelie two-wheel thing around the corner and they get onto an empty freeway where nothing will go wrong and everything is definitely fully built. I think Sandra Bullock is so 
good in this entire sequence. She becomes the driver, and I've already mentioned that. Oh, yeah, sorry. She's, she's, After she's, Sam has shot Sandra, who I love that she hurt, she doesn't have a license because she got taken away. For speeding. For speeding. For speeding. So good. Really and good. she's a fantastic so driver. And, like, her playing the stress of the situation, I, I like a lot of what the script does in terms of her being really competent. The way that her and Keanu's character work together rather than just being Keanu so, uh, solving every problem, She'll bring shit up. She sort of brings him back in. I really enjoy her performance and kind of how that character is written in this movie. Yeah. I think it's kind of just all around good. Up until we meet her, we've had several shots of women being hysterical in situations, including the elevator scene oh where my everyone yes. is getting out. And then there's that one woman who obviously they're trying to set it up as like a death flag thing, but she's like, you know, and this happens about three separate times with, yeah. with middle-aged women being mm. terrified of the situation, having to be helped out by the LAPD. Mm. Like, <laughs> middle-aged white women being helped by the LAPD. Is, a, is one is of the themes of running um, But I think, and also, you know what, Beth? That one of the is, main, one of the main one contenders One of the main ones. Trope. Right right here, she starts talking about how she's struggling and she can't think and she's having a panic attack, mm-hmm. um, And which, to be fair. Realistic. I, realistic. She's, yeah. the, she's the only one kind of really reacting to the situation. Everyone else is having too good a time. I, Seriously. <laughs> I think, like, just... Trying to wrap your head around every piece of information you would have been given if you were in a, ca- a character in this situation is so impossible. Just to be like, there's a bomb on this bus and if we slow down, we die. Mm-hmm. Just Difficult emotionally, to emotionally to like deal with that. I think the only person who does show us what that struggle would be is our Lady Beth. Yeah. Seriously. I was reading a Collider interview, did a great interview with Jeff, uh, with, with Jeff Grant, <laughs> with Beth Grant. And I just want to read a, a section of it. Um, she says, also, Beth Grant seems like you ask her a question, she'll just go, baby. Like, oh, yeah. She, she's an easy interview, <laughs> yeah. which sounds great. She says, I'll tell you some funny things about Speed. The original script was much different than what you saw. Graham Yost had written real parts for all of us. The bus would pick us all up at a certain place. For instance, I had just gotten engaged and I had a baby little dog with me and Sandy's character was a stand-up comedian and I had been to see her show the night before. So look at how sympathetic I was. And then the part was changed to this whiny victim who jumps off the bus and that was thanks to Joss Whedon. <laughs> Bouncing off that, do you know who the original uh, casting choice for Sandra Bullock was? No. Well, who? Uh, what was the role originally described as? Stand-up comedian. Who's like the biggest female? Roseanne Barr? No. <laughs> biggest, that would be so 1994, fun. who's the biggest female? Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres oh was meant God. to be in Speed. That and do you know who was meant to be Keanu originally? No. Uh, Stephen Baldwin. Oh, <laughs> so we boy. Stephen Baldwin. Boy. And Ellen DeGeneres. And Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, they'd have such chemistry. It would have been the weirdest movie it would have been a real character study, though. It sounds like it wouldn't have been like an yeah, action rom com. Like, yeah, it's actually yeah, yeah. like, because I do think that they have glimpses of the bus ensemble. It's like an ensemble piece, you yeah, know, where yeah, we have real absolutely. characters on this yeah. bus. And we get to know One about of them has four, a hard hat. That four of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's got tools. I feel for Beth. She could have had her little dog and uh, her backstory. To be, if, if, there was a if, dog. She, if she had a little dog, I think the movie would be better. I think it's a look. To one I, note. I, I, I love speed. My one note is Beth Grant should have a little dog. It's a really good bit. Um, and then they have to look after it. And then as they're like uh, crashing out at the end of the bus sequence, Keanu's like holding the little dog. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on, Yonder. Well, the dog Pond. tries to jump out after her. Absolutely. <laughs> there we go. They grab it. And, and they, gra- and they grab no, the dog. They it. save the dog. Ah! 
and then he blows up the bus because that's like that's <laughs> one of the done. hostages. We, we get a close up of the Chihuahua going under the wheel. <laughs> oh <my> yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, oh no. <laughs> okay, um, Keanu and Sandy at this point now they're on the empty freeway. They start to get to know each other. Good, good chemistry. Good chemistry. I think they look really cute together. Would like to see them kiss. I have never they. Keanu Reeves has no chemistry with anybody. I'm sorry. Mm. Never been more wrong. What are you talking about? He has wonderful chemistry. I think they have- With Trinity. Trinity and Neo, one of the great love stories of all time. Look, I oh, I, mm. think he's, I think he's a blank slate. <laughs> I really do. Mm. That's that's part of his- like, His appeal. That's like, his majesty. And you're like, kind of like, maybe he's I He's a listener. I'm- <laughs> I'm here to defend Keanu. I'm not here to defend the Matrix sequels. And Lincoln has put me in a real <laughs> rock and a hard place situation. Uh-huh. I think in this movie, he has exceptional chemistry with Sandy. Yeah. And I also, they also have both said outside of the movie, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. crushes on each yeah. other. Of course. I think that Sandra Bullock has enough chemistry with everybody to make up for Sandy's any so lacking. I, I actually do. I, I think that that- She had more chemistry with Sam the bus driver as well. But I think- Straight so, up. I mm. think that works- Would also be a kind of a cute couple. That would really <laughs> be cute. And I think that works in Keanu's favour in terms of him being a listener is that like- She's giving away all of this. She's giving off all this mm-hmm. wonderful chemistry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's a Robocop, but he's like right. slowly becoming more like human. He's warming up. But he's warming up. He has, yeah. little, he has a little cheeky smile. Oh, we also have like, you know, a bit of a foreshadowing there in the um in the muffin shop where he's just like, <laughs> yeah. you woke well, up alone, man. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like setting up that he's single and like not really commitment guy because he has a mm. dangerous job and he's emotionally guarded. Yeah. But we get that from the double muffin scene. Yeah, and then the- <laughs> <laughs> Famous double muffin scene. So uh, Dennis, sorry, you, no, you go. Dennis, uh, Jeff Daniels, we come back into the office. He's trying to find who Dennis Hopper was. He thinks he's probably a cop that used to be on the anti-bomb squad. He's mm-hmm. kind of setting up this thing. Dennis Hopper calls Keanu. Keanu does a deal with him to let the driver off because he needs emergency medical attention. This makes Beth Grant really mad. She mm. starts to freak out. She tries to get off the bus. Uh, okay, so there's a weird truck thing that is like they're using to like get people off the bus. It's yeah. like moving at the same time. So they get the bus, they get Hawthorne James off the bus and then Beth Grant goes to get off. And then there's a cop being like, yes, come, get, like get off. And it's like, no, dude, yeah. you're so wrong. Yeah, he's bad at his job. He's so bad at his job because like the whole point is like everyone's going to die if she gets off the bus. We've organized for one of these. Anyway, very mad at that guy. Was there just like a lack of communication there? Like they forgot to tell everyone else standing on that other movie. But the LAPD has famously never done anything wrong. Never made so any mistakes. So I, I don't think I've made any mistakes. Cops are great communicators. Yeah, that's right. Fam- famously good at communicating and have- uh, <laughs> It's okay. okay. They all got fired later on down the set track. God, so I, I do love that line so much. <laughs> Beth Grant tries to get off. Dennis Hopper has, of course, put other secret bombs. Smaller bombs. <laughs> smaller bombs that he uses to blow the, like, stairs off. And mm. Beth Grant immediately uh, falls out of the building and dies. F- falls out of the building, <laughs> the, the bus building, yeah. and dies. Yep. At uh, minute 59 and 27 seconds, we have our Beth zit. Uh, <laughs> what, sorry, what was that, Al? Beth zit. I was going to um, say, how do we deal with life after Beth? Well, <laughs> we were only... Oh. So um, (laughs) that gives us a total of 26 minutes and 55 seconds of Beth Grant. So the thing I will say is that this becomes like a, her death is like the important uh, thing that kind of sets in the reality for everyone. And like suddenly we weren't taking it seriously. Now that someone's died, we are taking this bomb on the bus seriously. It's bang on midpoint. But also her entrance is bang on second act. So 
First act. Uh, for first act turning mm. point. So, so really, she's she's a real key point. Yeah, she movie. she uh, frames kind of the fun and games section of this movie, mm. where like it's all the promise of like, wouldn't it be fun to watch a bus a bus go fast? And then as soon as she exits, it's like now we have to get serious. Yeah, and honestly, her journey like she made me laugh out loud in the scene where Keanu is chasing the bus. She yeah. goes. That guy really wants to get on the bus. And that's a line she says to Sandra. And Joss and I, my partner was watching, actually just lost it laughing. I was like, what a legend. She's just like, that guy really wants to get on the bus. She's really and I was good. Like, she's hilarious. And also, because when we meet her, she is, you know, chatting to Sandra like a chatty. And then she kind of has the most like, she's taking this, this situation seriously from the get go. Yeah. And so she brings that grounded reality into it. I, I doesn't last long to be honest. They're still celebrating like five. Yeah. They seem to forget about her death pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, it's like a really important thing, and then they're like, "And okay, so now there's a gap in the road." Uh, uh, she deteriorates it. really well, and she has like her big Beth Grant line is where she just screams, "What about the rest of us?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and she like that's the bit where I'm like, there's, "That's what you get her for. That's yeah. what you get Beth for. You get her for that line is to like she's kind of more measured than the rest of it, and then she just loses it on that one line and then blows up." And, like, she plays that kind of, in a lot of other films we've seen, plays, like, a bit of a, a side of humanity that we kind of always find mm. a little bit icky, but it's actually kind of real. It's, like, yeah. that panic, that sort of, like, what about me? I'm going to die. Like, you know, it, it is probably how most people would react in a mm. speed-like scenario. But not, like, you know, the other guy, he calls him, like, Gigantor. Yeah, which yeah. Is the, He's like, everyone calls him what? Gigantor. He's not that tall. <laughs> I just was I so take. I was so weirded out. <laughs> he was by, pretty tall. He's a big he's a guy, guy, but he, like he's not someone that you go. He's not like Dave Batista. No, it's like yeah. he's standing next to Keanu. And I'm like, yeah, you got like a couple of inches on him, and everyone's like, this is the largest man. This is the largest <laughs> man on this bus. He I could crush me like a Keanu- bird in his fingers. <laughs> this is the largest man on this bus, and therefore the largest man on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Gigantor. It is. That is, was a is, big. Is he Atlas holding up the bus with his shoulders? Yeah, yeah, that that had that had a big Joss Whedon-y stink on it for me because I was like, oh, you're referencing a 1980s forgotten comic book character, which we're uh, led to believe that Keanu Reeves's favorite comic book character is Gigantor, and yeah, this character knows all about it. Well, because like, someone calls him like, Gigantor, Keanu calls him Gigantor, and then like three other people start calling him Gigantor, <laughs> it really and I'm like, on. is this really the bus for bullying? <laughs> is this the bus where we keep where we allow bullying at a time like this? Do we yeah. really need to make fun of this large, this not large but just largest man mm. here? Yeah, just the largest guy. If here. anything, that guy is like the top of the social ladder on yeah. the bus. Like if I'm going to do like hero. a social hierarchy on the uh, characters in the bus, I think Gigantor is he's up there. You know, Otis. His Ortiz. name is Otis. Ortiz. Ortiz. Ortiz, sorry. Ortiz. Uh, and I also think that. Yeah, Beth is at the bottom, unfortunately. Uh, but she's in the middle at the start, and then she yeah, she, then, she off then it all falls apart. Yeah, and then Ruck uh, Ruck moves up slowly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ruck go up. Ruck go up. So probably the most famous sequence in the movie Speed happens now. There is a gap in the road ahead. Keanu says to floor it. That jump sequence is just magnificent. Mm-hmm. It is still like it is edited so well. It is the performances from Keanu and Sandy are so good in that moment where they're like, and everyone's certain they're going to die. Uh, and then the relief and celebration after they make it is just like, that's, that's why you go to the movies. Uh, like one of the great action sequences of all time. There is absolutely no way that bus would make it over. It is a there's flat no, road. There's flat no road, ramp. Right? And they say before there's like, oh, it's an incline. And then it's fully not. It's, it's not like, at all. It's like a turn. The bus that they 
physically used. Absolutely. Was complete, had everything pulled out of it. Had one guy driving it. They had a small wooden ramp. They had a guy driving it. Yeah, he's a stunt driver. Uh, <laughs> That's good. There was this whole new harness that was designed. They got the they got the stunt guy in, I believe, who also worked on Die Hard. I may be wrong about that. But he was the only guy who could really have done this stunt because he had invented the harness that allowed the driver to actually survive doing this jump because without it, without that special harness, probably would have snapped his back in half. You watch the jump. They basically did clear 50 feet. It's Crazy. crazy. But so then you they was, must have had So a what jump you're hearing there. is that it was possible. Surely it went off a ramp. It went off a ramp. Okay. Yeah. But it's not that it's not that big a ramp. You can see a bit of the wood of the ramp in the shot. Mm. But then the other thing that's really fascinating is you oh, also the bus landed on one of the cameras. Wow. Unmanned. But also of the five cameras, it was the only unmanned one. Holy shit. And you hear Jean de Bon talk about it. Oh, sorry, Jan de Bont talk about it. And he's like, before the thing, there's just audio of him with like a megaphone going, if I see anything going wrong, if I if anything looked off, I'm just going to scream, leave, leave, leave. And we all run. <laughs> and it's just like the most chaotic sounding event. Um, but then you watch the actual footage. The bus jump looks like shit if it's not edited that way. Yeah, like, right. It's kind of like, wee, bonk, dunk, dunk. It's still cool that they did that. It's so cool that they did that. And the reason it works so well is because the editing... One, slows it down, does a thing that was kind of, not new at the time, but was like inspired by apparently Jackie Chan movies where mm. Jackie Chan does, has the thing about showing the same stunt three times in yeah, a row. Absolutely, yeah. They basically do that for the jump with so many different angles yeah. so they extend what was essentially two seconds of footage into an 18 second cut. Yeah, it's like using French new wave techniques for action yeah. cinema. Yeah, it's, it so, it's so sick. Yeah, you throw show it from three different angles and then- the Wachowskis changed that all when they were like, we're doing all the angles at once and then you fly around. I have a bit of a hot take about it. Mm-hmm. It's probably my second favourite jump in the film because the first is the arrival of the car when you first meet them. That's mm. my favourite car jump in the film. Wait, which, which where one? Where you the... meet Keanu and Jeff yeah, Bridges. Where we see the oh, car. Okay, that yeah, that is a really good a jump. Big, big that, also, that is a really good jump. It also feels like stock footage. <laughs> 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 I also don't know. I also agree that I don't know if it's my favourite snot. Like, I think it looks good, but it doesn't, like, blow my mind. I think I actually prefer the bit where they are turning the corner. Yeah, that, I, that's sick. I think, it's cle- I think that's weirdly more clever. Um, oh no, it's amazing. No, okay, no, right. I get it. I, I get also it. love a la- I love a later effect quite a lot. Um, well, but we'll get. Are to you that. talking about the fucking plane train? Oh, the train. Okay, An automobile. Uh, they, the so now they bus it over towards the airport. Bus it. Alan Ruck says he's already been to the airport. That's oh, all. It's so, a, I actually so well laughed. It's a really good bit. It's a really good bit. Dennis Hopper lets Keanu off the bus for a bit. Everyone is weirdly fine about it. I would be way pissed if <laughs> the whole thing was no one can leave the bus. And then Keanu's like, oh, I can, I can get off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, very annoying. Mm-hmm. He flies under the bus in a little ski cart. I had forgotten about this part. this sequence so much. This is my other category. Um, My favourite bit. Jeff Daniels finds out who Howard Payne is, starts to go after him. Through the wristwatch that is attached to the bomb. Very, very important. Uh, Keanu gets stuck under the bus after a bit of wheel jam, uh, a bit of wheel jams him in. Keanu's got to cling onto the bus, has to puncture the fuel container to save himself. So now they're Mm. running out of fuel. Jeff Daniels looks funny in a SWAT suit. <laughs> we come back to Jeff Daniels. That's so, that's so I feel for him because honestly, I can't not see Dumb and Dumber every yeah. time. Every time he does anything. And I just, I feel for him because he's doing actually a quite a good performance. It's a great this, performance. You know? uh, we'll I, get great. to. So he breaks into Dennis Hopper's home, Howard Payne's home. It's 
it's already bombed up. He realizes he gives one of the best Looney Tunes. Oh no, I'm about <laughs> to fall down a cliff faces I might have ever seen. The only one I can think of that's close is the ending shot of taking Pelham one, two, three, where Walter Matthau kind of gives a face at the end of it, which is incredible. But this is the same level of, he just kind of pulls a face like, yeah, boy, I really done it. <laughs> Lincoln, can you do that face again? Which one? The uh, Walter Matthau? Yeah. Great podcasting. Thank you. <laughs> Jeff Daniels blows up. We're really serious now. Lowest moment. Keanu goes crazy. Dennis Hopper calls, gives a final ultimatum. The final ultimatum is, of course, there's a bin they have to drop money in, um, which is great. Keanu realizes there's a camera on the bus, tells Mac, the, the head of the SWAT team, to tape a loop of the signal mm-hmm. so that they can get people off the bus so that like the, the signal of the bus thing is looping. Um, a classic thing to do in a Mission Impossible or a, or a whatever. Um, certainly a could have figured this out within five seconds of the movie starting sort of business, but that's fine. I, I think the way that they figure it out is quite... I think it's good. I think like the wildcat thing constantly being referenced because... Uh, the wildcat thing is really good. Yeah, because... Um, Dennis Hopper keeps referring to the wildcat driving the bus, which mm. actually turns out to be a reference to the university. That Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, because she's wearing a jumper and Keanu Reeves realised that he must be seeing inside the bus. Here's the thing. How the fuck does that technology work where the signal that the bus is transmitting to the camera receiver mm-hmm. uh, can be jammed and then have a loop played on it? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Radio. <laughs> you can't just say radio. That doesn't mean anything. Radio waves. <laughs> it's not radio waves. It's video. A wonderful piece of movie Wait, magic. We do have sorry, our, our producer. Someone Josh, is able is to say. Any I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to jump in here. It's very similar to radio waves. It is broadcast through the air, and you can send a stronger signal that can jam out the one that's being broadcast through the air. And that bus signal is going to be weaker than broadcasting. Eat shit, Lincoln. <laughs> wow. I'm that's, that's an old TV used to wear. I'm going to. Sorry, guys. I've got to eat so much. I've got to eat a huge bowl of shit. Eat right some now. Are you going to eat two muffins? I'm going to eat two muffins one full of, of shit. One for Jeff. <laughs> one for Jeff and one for, one for Keanu. Two muffins worth of shit. <laughs> All of my theories about speed have been wrong. Let's just, we'll put it out there. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> By the end of this mini series, you're going to be so full. The reason that he tricks Keanu's character is he always references the news casting, you know, mm. like, which is kind of like that there are. Choppers that are recording things. It's like, like, and that's why they go to the airport, right? Is to get in their head, they're getting off camera. Yeah, because also, it's the, the free yeah. airspace. This is yeah. a, probably a point for a later moment. Why don't they close the airport? Yes. They, they, there's still flights arriving this entire movie. That's right. Which is the crazy well, It's hard to close thing. it. I think it's pretty hard to, like, honestly. It's like within 15 minutes. Like, by the time that, like, we get to the end of I this sequence, it is closed. I guess they only spend closed. 10 minutes in the airport. Yeah. It just feels much longer because it's half an hour of footage. But there are just flights just sort of, it, it still feels like people are, like, taking off. Yeah. Having, like, a- They are. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like this film, I was just like, how to many people fair, were on that plane? If I was- if, Oh, we're oh, getting to that. Oh, we're getting to that. <laughs> I was like, did we really win? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, I will move on. So this trick, this trick that obviously is perfectly scientifically accurate and would definitely work with every TV you've ever seen, uh, works. <laughs> they get folks off the bus- Sandy and Keanu are still on. She's got to still drive the bus and he's a hero. Uh, Keanu rigs the bus to keep going with a little pipe and they use the bus's exterior lower compartment hatch to ride out of the bus. Extremely cool. So it looks so good. That the fact that they have to cuddle, to they, do have it. To cuddle. they have to they cuddle. They actually have to cuddle. They have to cuddle. They have to cuddle to get on. To, to survive. Um, Can you talk about 
when the hostages are exiting the bus, how we have that great moment from Alan Ruck. Yes. You know, where he – and then him and – what's his actual Ortiz. name? Ortiz. Ortiz. I, mean, I just stopped calling him Gigantor. It's really, like really I was on it. the bus. Yeah, yeah. Like, I started like this I nickname. There. It's the Sanford like, Prison Experiment like except for a bus. Calling someone a name. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they hug. You know, it's like, yeah, like yeah. they've been in friction with each other the whole time. Yeah, that was I was more into that cuddle than I was the Sandra Kiano. Well, both good cuddles. Yeah, all cuddles are equal. We can have more cuddles. All cuddles <laughs> are equal in my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> two life saving saving cuddles in a row. Actually, so the bus keeps going and drives into a plane, killing uh, hundreds of <laughs> hundreds. people immediately, uh, and the, uh, way more people than the, those were on the bus in the first place. <laughs> like, was um, it a it's cargo a train? Explosion. Um, it's a it's a great explosion. It must it be real. It was taxi. It was being dragged along by something. So. The assumption is it's probably empty, but but they do not talk about it. They don't talk about they it. They had a moment though where they made sure that the guy who was doing the, doing the towing Hops got out. out. And he's like, so yeah. he's he like, like, oh he, my god! But it really, they were trying to be like, he was the only guy involved. But I was like, as if there's not pit workers on the plane. There's right? probably cleaners. Yeah, maybe the stewardess is like having a nap. Yeah, like it was so. It is so like. <laughs> Why didn't you clear the airport? <laughs> uh, Keanu and Sandy. Almost kiss. Almost mm. kiss. Uh, Sandy says a famous line about the famous line about relationships formed under extreme circumstances never work, uh, which we will come back to. <laughs> that is the third act. That is such a hot scene. Ah, oh, they look so good, the two of them. They look the, amazing. The they two, look so those good. two movie stars. Over yum yum. <laughs> wow, they no, they like shoot through all the weird little red red flags, and it makes yeah. like a ticker tape sound. Yeah, fucking love that entire bit. Sound mixing, you know. Oscar Academy Oscar Award Academy nominated Award, sound Best mixing. Picture for sound mixing. Dennis Hopper, of course, still doesn't know the bomb has blown up, so they try to track him down, thinking they'll trick him because he's still bamboozled <laughs> by the by these uh, interruption of the of the radio waves. Keanu escapes, um, being checked by paramedics to help the hunt. Dennis Hopper pretends to be a cop to kidnap Sandy. Oh, well, he uh, they just let walk around near where the, they know the guy's going to be to pick up the things. Yeah, Why absolutely. was Keanu and Sandy anywhere near that scene? Doesn't make any Why sense. Why were they there? Well, I say, doesn't, no doesn't Keanu be like, hey, can you stop here to the paramedic? Doesn't he ask them to stop? Yeah, I mean, he wants to catch him himself, I guess, because Jeff is Makes dead, sense. you know, yeah. um, his best friend. But I why assume. would the ambulance drive to the uh, bomb pickup to the, location? To the crime scene. <laughs> the, the money pickup spot. Yeah. They're like, we just got, we, hey man, it's, think, it's LA, there's only one road. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, why is Sandra anywhere near this? You I, think you'd be like, maybe you go to the hospital. I think the only possible answer is that they are so desperately horny that Keanu's just like, I just need to make sure this guy goes to jail. And then we are going to- I thought you were going to say, and there's a convenience store on that. <laughs> and he needs to pick up condoms. <laughs> He's like, he was only there to get condoms. And then like- That's why he got on the bus in the first place. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's like, I think it's like, as soon as I'm done with this, we're going to go have sex. Like that we, ca- we have to have an immediate date. We already know she's busy tomorrow. She set it up earlier. She is busy movie. tomorrow. She's busy tomorrow. She can't be in a hostage situation. Um, <laughs> it's really good. I love that line. That's a really good line. I'm not available to drive. Yeah. It's so and good. And then uh, just, I'm busy. I love that she, it's like, I'm washing my hair. I love it so much. But yeah, I think that's the only possible explanation was like, we got to get down to business after this. Yeah. That is not the only, that's not, that's not close to being an explanation for that at all. But to be fair, it's I, did, Keanu I is really a wasn't listening to what you were saying. Keanu Reeves' character is a hot-headed cop who can't let things go. His best friend's just been murdered. His other best friend, the bus driver from earlier, mm-hmm. also murdered. So he's, right. he's His third there. best friend, Beth Grant, is dead. People grieve differently. They're all dead. 
<laughs> People do grieve differently. So Dennis Hopper pretends to be a cop to kidnap Sandy. Keanu realises that Dennis Hopper has stolen the money by creating a little bin tunnel. Presumably, he must have created that bin tunnel with a small bomb. <laughs> It's the only thing that would possibly make sense. Yeah, he bombs away. It also is a really rough hole, so I think you're fully right. Yeah, 100%. He has to have created it with a a small bomb that no one noticed. He made a little bomb. He made made a little little bomb, bomb, a silent bomb. And he coughed as he walked away. And people were like, wow, that guy coughed. No, but he had to be underneath it because then the money drops. Also, it's not like the bin falls through. It's like, it's a bomb that is enough to open up the <laughs> under, underside of the bin. Also, the bin doesn't move. So it's a bomb that Lincoln, opens I, the whole <laughs> hole underneath that is perfectly round. So the bin still stays there. I think he and did then it. all of the trash falls through, including the money. I think he did it before. But hang on, he only had a day to prepare this because his plans got thwarted the yeah. day before. The you day idiot. after Wake is up. when this happens. Wake bomb up. the bin, bomb <laughs> the bus, rig the bus. God, yeah. The, the- Honestly, that's the, I was going to say, this is the least realistic thing is that this is his like, you know, crazy plan. The this day is, uh, it's the next day. His elevator plan. He I it's, not, it's not the next day because they're winning medals, which oh. I'm assuming is like a, a couple weeks later. True. Or like that a week the, or so later. You know but, what? I, I accept a fate on that one. But, but also, still. No, you're right because he says, I spent two years yeah. putting together that elevator plan. And I'm like, that plan was shit. Compared to this bus plan, <laughs> it's going you off. blew right. up some cables and uh, wore a bomb. Um, yeah. That, <laughs> this that, bus that, plan that has- elevator plan. Only worth about fifteen minutes. Yeah, the bus plan. Give me an hour and a half. If of you it. told me that was two, if you told me that was a two-year plan, I'd be like, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, he also had to figure out, you know, where he gets his coffee and muffins from. Like, he had to follow him. He did to yeah. all this he shit. Know who all Keanu being was presumed before. dead. He just guessed. <laughs> <laughs> he just called just a guessed. random payphone and got it right. Oh, he dialed forty different numbers before <laughs> that. Hello? And 40, 40, 40 different buses. How many, how many Did a bus, bus just blow died. up next to you? Are you a cop? It's fine if it's a cargo plane or a bus. God damn it. God. Um, Hello? <laughs> Dennis Hopper escapes uh, with the money and Sandy Bullock onto a speeding train, a speeding train, uh, with Keanu in hot pursuit. Coming in for the landing now, Dennis Hopper opens the stolen money only for it all to be tainted with a purple spray. Probably should have seen that coming. He freaks out. He starts shooting the roof of the train. He's a bomb guy. And the and and the it was it's an ink bomb. He's it's an ink bomb. It's an ink he should bomb. Be stoked. He, he's a bomb guy who used to be a. Co- <laughs> <laughs> he should be like yes, finally a bomb I've never seen before. Someone that gets me. You've made me live. Also, he gives the most insane ca- uh, villain monologue just before this sequence mm. where he goes, do you know what a bomb is? A, do- a bomb's purpose is to blow up and your life is empty because you spend your entire life trying to prevent that. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's talking about like the, the, the platonic ideal of a, a bomb, bomb is, of course, to, is, is of course to blow up. What, and, is it, and- what is a bomb that doesn't blow up? It's a cheap watch. Yeah. <laughs> it is the most rushed yeah. villain monologue. And then Keanu Reeves' response, quite rightly, is just, you're insane. And he goes, <laughs> ah, he walks away. Yeah, that's 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 the magic of the movies. So uh, Dennis Hopper freaks out, starts firing an Uzi. Uh, he has, he has yeah. some sort of machine gun and he starts shooting the roof of the train. Keanu dodges it. Then Dennis Hopper gets onto the roof of the train, <laughs> fights with Keanu. Um, a crazy thing. So Dennis Hopper is like holding the bomb. It could go off, blow them all up instantly. Mm. He doesn't care. He's crazy. Yeah, he he wants the bomb to go off. Yeah, he's punching Keanu with the trigger, which yeah. is a great touch. Great little bit. They fight on the roof. Keanu holds him up. Dennis Hopper gets his uh, head chopped off. You, you can't okay. win. I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than you. Dennis Hopper keeps saying that. Keanu knocks his head off and then says my favorite line of the movie, I think, which is, yeah, well, I'm taller, <laughs> which is such a 
fucking good thing to say to someone you just decapitated. Yeah, that's pretty I, good. Can you explain it to me though? Because I actually was like, does it just mean that he's got longer arms to hold him up? No, he no, has no, no, no head. Now, he's, now he doesn't have a head. He's oh, tall. I thought they meant that he beat him because he <laughs> made a shoulder. I was so confused. I even was like, I actually have a note where I'm like, Hang on, why would that matter in this scenario? Because he ain't got a head. He was already taller than him. Yeah, yeah. That's, he's, that's, he's, that's kind of where it breaks down. He's got, like, yes, you are taller. He's got, a, he's got like a head on him now. Mm. I think he was already substantially taller than Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Well, he's now more substantially <laughs> taller. That is a Joss Whedon line if I ever heard of that. It's a good one. It's a, it's, it is so good. It is such a cold action line. And then the next line that like, follows it up, sucks ass, which is what happened to the bad guy. And then he goes, he lost his head. <laughs> Which is, I like that more, man. I like that more than I'm taller. I'm, I'm taller. I don't know why this is our fight. <laughs> Chaotic. I cannot believe that. I think I'm taller is the uh, funniest line. Can someone so explain good. to me? So go into the next beat because he had I, no head. No, no, no. I, no I, need, I need someone to explain A to me. Decapitation is when you what lose. The plan. <laughs> because Keanu's taller now. That's what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, you if you were tall, you might be more balance. likely to be decapitated by the thing. Anyway, yeah, so, so it doesn't no, make Keanu, any sense. Because he has no head now. I know, I get it now. Really? I it. Yes, I do. I understand. Because he's taller. So. <laughs> Now we'll they have, have to stop the train because the track is not built on this one oh. either. That is an incredible coincidence that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And it is so, it's so cheap, it's almost better. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a masterwork of like, well, of course, what else, what else could happen? <laughs> of course, yeah. And so I said, maybe this is a critique of the infrastructural health of California and Los Angeles. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I agree. It They're is. saying we've got to put more money into the infrastructure, make sure that the workers are paid. Yeah. You know. Un- undo the work of all the car companies and really put some public transport in LA. Yeah. I think this movie has a point. Um, I it's not ask. really selling public transport to me, to be honest. <laughs> to be fair, it As seems it, very dangerous. Maybe it is the other so. thing. It's like, get a car, Get guys. a car. Sandra Bullock misses her car. She was right all along. She was right all along. Yeah. And also speeding's fine. Speeding's yeah. great. Um, did anyone recognise the train driver? No, I did not recognise the train driver. <laughs> Who also died Who's like in three minutes. Yeah, I, gets shot by Dennis Hopper within two seconds. You see his face once yeah. and I immediately went, no way is that who I think it is. It is. It's Richard Schiff. Another holy shit! Fantastic! Another fantastic guy for the podcast. Yeah, Toby Chiffy. Ziegler himself from West Wing. Yeah. Richard Schiff. This is like what? one of his first roles. He's the train driver in '94. I feel like he's in a million things before. He, that, I, he, I, I, maybe he's not, but he plays the train driver. He gets shot. Yeah. You see his face for thirty seconds, and I went, "Holy shit!" Is that Richard Schiff? And I looked it up. It's Richard Schiff. That's Maybe crazy. he had a backstory before Joss Whedon got to the script. That's they right. Cut all of the trash. Yeah, because he, he knows he's a Sorkin guy, and <laughs> yeah. so he's like, "I'm gonna fucking screw what? you out of a role." <laughs> but yeah, Richard Schiff in this for thirty seconds, absolutely one of the strangest cameos I've seen in this movie. He also shows up in uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and I was like, "That's weird to see Richard Schiff." Anyway, Keanu, of course, he's only got one thing that he does: he speeds up the train. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna speed it up. <laughs> I'm going to speed it up. Um, yeah. So What's no, the no. goal here? Is it to derail it before yep. they get to the end? Uh, yeah, because there's a corner coming up. So he's like, I'll derail, I'll derail it beforehand. That'll be safer. No, I think he just assumes he's going towards a ramp. <laughs> Always. I, I think that's just, I think he's just like, it ends here, which means that there must be a ramp. Hmm. Is his logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, As I'll speed it up again. All like, surely slowing it down would have made... Way more sense. Yeah. yeah but no, uh, he, for some reason, he can't slow it down. He can only speed it up. <laughs> yeah. He can't emergency stop. He doesn't try to slow it down. Yeah. He just so goes. He's just using a tactic he's known has worked before. He's yeah. like a dog ringing a bell to get a pavlova. 
Keanu Absolutely. speeds up the train. The train goes off the rails, up a ramp, and lands perfectly safe, safely in the middle of downtown LA. The With second, a bomb lying next to them. Yep, absolutely. The but, second time they have to hug to survive. That's right. Oh, that's and there's, there's this moment that they're like, they're like holding on to each other very sadly, and there's like this like sad music playing, and it's like they're like planning to die. Hmm. Uh, and then they don't, and then they kiss. And they they, they kiss. don't just kiss, they fucking make and out. And a crowd of people. So. <laughs> So Keanu, this is the weirdest ending to a movie. Keanu ever. absolutely beefs the line that Sandy said earlier about uh, uh, romances that start in extreme circumstances. He like fully gets the line wrong, and I think they've kept it in because it is really charming when he He's does. Like, He's like, no. "Romances formed under stressful uh, situations are bad." Yeah, you never last. <laughs> you know that was the best take he did. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I think so, he got it right. I'm one- certain that he got it right, but I think they've used the one where he gets it wrong because it's more charming. I don't know either way. I didn't even notice. I it's was, so. It's, I was so on board. It was so funny. And then Sandy says, well, we'll have to base it on sex then. So, Fantastic. and then everyone gathers around the train and starts taking photos of them. They don't have more and more photos. They're just they, watching. They're the cheering. camera. No, there's people oh, taking photos. The tour the, bus. Yeah, and the news, like, the, the like. anyway, the camera starts panning out. Everyone's still there. Pans out for like 30 seconds because the credits are rolling. They start fucking. They never get off. On that train. They never get <laughs> off the train. They just, you, the last thing and you see them is like making out. And towards them. making out in like a on top of each other Absolutely. kind of way. And then you pan out and there's just people clapping as Keanu and as Sandra. Said, everyone having the best time. And that is the end of the movie Speed. Final thoughts. What do, what do you think about the movie Speed? Oh, I love uh, the movie yeah, Speed. Great. I absolutely loved it. I think that's probably probably pretty clear. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have a thing. Who do we think? Earned their paycheck in the movie Speed. Who who do we think is the best supporting cast? This doesn't need to be an actor necessarily. It could be the editors. It could be who I can find out who. Honestly, I'm going to say whoever wrote the theme song. The theme 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 does absolutely absolutely whip. No, uh, Beth Grant's character has a whole track named after her on the album. I did not know that. It's called Whatever Her Names Is. Death. Uh, <laughs> look, that was a huge turning point. Yeah, it's a good it's a and good track as well. It's funny because when I remembered the movie Speed and we are talking about doing Beth Grant, I was like, was she the woman that jumped from the bus? And then as soon as she came up, I was like, yes, of course, yes, she, of course is. she is. Like it's an iconic moment, iconic character. I'm going to give it to Alan Ruck. I think he's so funny in this movie. I think it's so good. I think it rules. I think he is just kind of like, admit you see of the first time you see him, you're like, that's a that's a guy, mm-hmm. um, which I I am always very appreciative of. I'm going to give it to Richard Schiff. Absolutely, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he really shows up it. for maybe four seconds of screen time. He owns it, memorable, and he dies really well. Really good, yeah, absolutely, Richard Richard Schiff. Richard Schiff, uh huh, best performance in the movie Speed. Uh huh, uh huh. Sorry, Beth. I think that this movie. I was watching it and I had to look up when Mission Impossible came out mm. because I was convinced that Mission Impossible it's was year, earlier. year after. Mm-hmm. And I went, yeah, it's a year after. Yeah. And I was like, there are so many things in this film that Mission Impossible have literally just directly lifted, including two people fighting on a train and tunnel. Yes, there's no helicopter there. They added that, you know, in yeah. Mission Impossible yeah. with like an older kind of zany like – there is so many things that they have in common. There's elevator stuff going on. There's there like, elevator stuff. Honestly, they're really similar movies. I think Mission Impossible, I think for my money, is a better. We got spies and that, that kind of thing. That's Mission- impossible? It's Mission Impossible. I think this movie is really good. It's not quite up there with Point Break. I prefer Point Break. 
But point break. If I'm like ranking Keanu actions, it's like point break matrix this. Then yeah. John Wick one. Yeah. Matrix, I think I prefer this to Matrix oh, Reloaded. Just point break matrix, matrix Revolutions. Uh, it's weird. I think Matrix is a better movie. I think Point Break is a better action movie. Is that dumb? Yeah, that's that's insane. Well, okay. No, the, okay. Matrix, Matrix, Point Break. That makes sense. Yeah, it's the Matrix. Yeah, it's the Matrix. It's and I Matrix. think I do. I think it is whether or not I prefer this to John Wick. Uh, Mark Mancina composed the music to this to this film. Uh, a guy, uh, Moana, Tarzan, the 2016 one, mm-hmm. uh, Training Day, uh, oh. Speed, uh, Brother Bear, the new movie, The Sea Beast. Bad Boys and Con Air. And that's pretty Actually, much- let's be real. The people who earned this film are definitely the stunt drivers. Yeah, absolutely. That it is yeah. Yeah, an enormous stunt team. And the um, editors. Yeah. yeah. The editing is incredible. I mean, and I- Jan de Bont, as a cinematographer, the movie looks amazing. It was really interesting listening to Jan de Bont talk about uh, speed because he basically does speed and then he just doesn't do movies. He goes back to D- DOP, yeah. which makes it make, makes well, you he does, assume. He does do speed to cruise control. He just does these two. He does this, which absolutely slaps, makes a million dollars, a million, million dollars. And then like speed two, which is less well-received, but still made a ton of money. And then it's like, ah, back to DOP. Yeah, which hey. makes me wonder if maybe Speed Two's the thing that broke him. Yeah, Speed Speed Two famous is, is not very good apparently. Yeah, won several Razzies. Though mm. it does have Glenn Plummer in it, so how how bad could it be? Jaguar owner is back, which should have mm. been the tagline. I have a hypothetical <laughs> question for you guys. Yeah, oh, okay. all right. This is a. Hype. What yeah, do you think? Pitch me the ending of this film. So Sam gets shot. Sandra uh, Bullock what, doesn't. What, what we're saying is like. Hey, the ending of this movie is kind of wild. It feels kind of added in. What would we do instead of the train going off the rails? No, what, what, what were you, you saying? Giving you a hypothetical. You went oh, to, okay. Sorry, and this sorry, is a Beth Grant related hypothetical. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying Sam gets shot. Uh, can we call it uh, Grant Me a Wish? Yes, Great. Grant Me a Wish. Sam gets shot. He gets taken away. It's not Sandra that grabs the wheel. It's, it's Beth Grant. Absolutely. <laughs> What do you think happens in that film? When exactly the-, the same thing. I think Keanu and <laughs> Beth Grant fuck uh, by the end of the movie. Uh, I, uh, I think. <laughs> do you think she stops the bus immediately and they blow up? I, I think because it's Beth Grant that that uh, crib is not full of cans. It's full of a real baby. <laughs> Jesus. And then the movie, like, it is a... <laughs> It is a completely different tone because for the rest like of the movie. Because it's like a karmic imbalance? Like, what, I just <laughs> why is that your immediate go-to? You get Beth Grant, you give her work. You give her stuff to get, uh, work with. No, I, th- I think the exact same thing would happen. I think they'd have a really cute kind of cozy relationship. She'd be like, you know, romance is formed under pressure. They never last. The movie's twice as long and uh, it follows Beth really dealing with it. Yeah. There's a lot less action. <laughs> the bus is slower. The bus, the bus, the bus is like 30 miles an hour or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the bus is slower. She gets off. Uh, she survives. And it's mainly about her trauma. And we I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, you know, an, uh, like an absolute deep dive into PTSD. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting film. I, I think that's what happens if you put Beth Grant in the lead. In the driver's seat. Oh, can I, can I give Fuck you me. a that was good. really funny, uh, a fun thing? So Sandra Bullock and Beth went to the same college. Oh. Um, Wildcats. So we had gone to the, yes, the Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> we had gone to the same college, though obviously I'm uh, a lot older than her, but she'd been doing pretty well. And the school put out this little alumni booklet and they had given her this huge picture of me. 
It took about 45 <laughs> seconds to fall completely in love with her. She was so open and down to earth and we immediately started making fun of our teachers. You know how it is. We just had the greatest time on the shoot and she really saved me because I had a baby and I couldn't bring her to the set and I was depressed about it. But Sandy kept me laughing about it and we'd have four, uh, have four o'clock chocolate time and we would salsa dance. <laughs> this is the most I don't know. She just got me through it and I was grateful for her. That sounds like the best hang. <laughs> Imagine that and then also... You're flirting with Keanu Reeves constantly. Absolutely. What a what a life what, you're living. What a life Sandy's living at that time. And this launches her. Like she was not big before this. This Yeah, yeah, that's no. she says that as well. It's yeah, like this they were they were walking her career. They were waiting to see who was cast. Mm. Um so we went to see who it was and in what they Sandy. couldn't get the generous. <laughs> they couldn't get Ellen. They couldn't get Ellen. What an incredible time it would have been. And shall we talk about what our movie next week will oh, be? Also, sorry, Jeff Daniels' character was the bad guy in the original, in the original script. That's that's cool. Doesn't make much sense to me. No, I'm into because it. then is he the one doing the elevator as well? That's kind of what I expected when I rewatched this film without being able to remember it quite right. uh, properly. I looked at Jeff Daniels and I was like, "Does he is he somehow in charge of?" That would have just been Mission Impossible, though, where it turns out that 100%. the guy yes, is the guy. That is just Mission so maybe Impossible. they just got the original script and rolled yeah. with that. <laughs> they were like. Maybe we'll do this one. I think it's so much cleaner as it is. Interestingly, this script is, was inspired by a misremembered Kurosawa film. Really? Yeah. Called uh, uh, Speed. Train something. Train Speed. Train. It's like called Runaway Train. Runaway Train. I've actually got it properly written down here. But yeah, Graham Yost watched that movie, did not speak Japanese, and misunderstood it, thinking that there was a bomb on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he, he watched it without subtitles. I think he watched it with subtitles, but he just didn't. He just misunderstood it. <laughs> it was like, oh man, I that love that great Kurosawa movie about that movie, bomb on a train <laughs> movie with a bomb on the train. And then it's he like, was like, no, 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 that's like a pastoral. It was movie like, wait, I had that idea. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where this movie came from. That is wonderful news. Jan de Bon also DOP'd on a movie called Speed Fever. I don't know what it's about, but I just thought that was weird. Mm. It's interesting. We watched the Fast... I can't go into this. This is such a tangent, but it was interesting watching <laughs> this after watching Fast and Furious 10. Like the yeah. difference between two different Fast movies, speedy movies, yeah. as you might say. It's like practical effects make a difference. Practical effects make a huge difference. And I... I yeah, It's so much better. I love it. I mean, you can't... It, you re, it's very difficult to compare the two things. Fast X is the like, you know, 10th movie in a franchise. I know. All of that. And it's doing a completely different thing. It's now a a melodrama where rather than an action movie, I think it's like a a melodrama with cars rather than an action movie. But yeah, the difference of like, Hey, what if you had a tightly plotted, fairly low stakes, uh, Mm. like not world defining thing happen. And it turns out it works, it works really well. I mean, speaking of, I don't need to do this. We'll cut I was going to talk about Seven Samurai. Kurosawa, <laughs> 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 uh, it's like the greatest thing about that is that it's not the worldwide stakes of the thing. It's like about a single village. Do we think that this is the best vehicle out of control film ever made? Speed to cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this the best vehicle out of control movie? Cars 2, Maida's Revenge. Christine, I she's pretty out of control. She is. Hey, Christine is out of control. That girl is out of control. <laughs> Titan. That's, that's not a very good movie, I think. Christine, no, Titan. <laughs> well, I think well, a truck is out of control. Horny. That's true. No, because she's not a vehicle. Stoppable. Unstoppable, so good. They I mean, obviously they're very similar movies. Unstoppable and Speed. Unstoppable is kind of the Speed Two that should have been. Um, Dane Cook's planes. <laughs> Dane Cook's planes. Is that is he in planes? He's the lead. Oh Jesus! Don't 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 check me on that. <laughs> Does Ghost Ship count? 
Yeah, but uh, not that <laughs> all. <laughs> it's no. out of control. Don't want to get on there. It's out of control in like a metaphorical way. It's like it's out of control. <laughs> it's out of control. Flight. Uh, that well, yeah, okay. Flight counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but does. he's out of control in that, not the Sully. Now Sully, that's a plane out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apollo Howl's eleven, moving castle. Apollo eleven. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Ron Howard. Ugh, <laughs> hate Ron Howard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, running, a running thing really. for this podcast. Ron Howard will come up, come up again. He's done a lot of good movies. <sighs> he's apparently incredibly nice. And apparently he's really nice to work with. I just I just hate him. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we will be doing another Beth Grant favourite next week. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, we're going to take a bit of a – I reckon this, the next film we're talking about is, like, to me, it's peak, peak Grant. It's kind of her – it is kind of the quintessential Grant performance. Seems yes. to be the most thing that she's recognised for. Like, she's talked about it. It's the thing that she's kind of recognised for mm. the most. And I think kind of her favourite character. She talks a lot about how much she loves this character. That's nice. She's a huge part of that movie. Like, yeah. a, a massive character in a it Huge well. part of the Com- success. Yeah. And I say she is a really important character in Speed as well, but the second, this one we're talking about, which is going to be, we'll just say, yeah. uh, everyone's favourite cult classic, which we're all confused as to whether it's good or bad. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. It's Donnie good. Darko. Donald Darko Donald himself. Darko himself we get to talk about richard kelly uh which is very exciting fascinating uh get to talk about jakey g i love jakey g we all love jakey g i like maggie g we get to talk about maggie g i like maggie Gurr. we also get to talk about um good old patrick swayze oh swayze is so good we watched sorry we watched johnny darko to see like how big beth grant's role was uh and (laughs) we maybe got fucking wasted uh we got got so drunk that i fell asleep in the next movie yeah which we watched criticized the next movie uh because you fell asleep (laughs) and didn't understand it in the bit that explained what the movie was about uh And, yeah, Patrick Swayze is so, so good in that. We're going to talk about it next week. Um, okay, thank you uh, so much for watching and, and, and listening to Supporting Cast, uh, tentatively named. I have been Lincoln. That's been Seamus. This has been Charlie. And we're signing off. And remember, never take it for Beth Granite. <laughs> <laughs>